0: been excited for, I've I've mentioned it before that I've been excited for episodes, but this is like, this is like the ultimate episode of Reconcinimation. It's all, it's all led to this, guys. Uh, Welcome to a gigantic episode, an epic episode of Reconcinimation. I am John Diner. I'm David Munchak. And I'm Brent Hutchins. And this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're checking out how they hold up today and my god we've done it 99 times before today we've we've done this intro we've talked about some amazing films and this is our 100th episode spectacular
1: i mean that's amazing you guys are it's legit it's a congrats, real thing
0: congrats everybody
2: <laughs> we did it this is the party this is this is the covid safe recontamination 100th episode celebration Party extravaganza, and
0: I'm here for it.
2: And ah, I can't believe it.
0: We uh, we're having a great time here at Recon Cinema Studios. The whole gang is here. The, there are people coming in. We're all distancing from each other. But I've got, I mean, I've got a, a rum and vodka in one hand, and I've got my beer and sake in the other hand. And I'm just, we're having a great time tonight. Oh my God, we need to talk about your alcohol. Yeah. Ramen yeah, milk, I don't dude. have a problem. It's just, <laughs> just straight up, <laughs> all mixed together in a blender. It's it all works.
2: You love a combination of things. Yeah, you like you like the Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. The combination. <laughs>
0: them, right? The killer the
1: combo. <laughs> yeah. Nice.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, Good. I've
1: got I've got my noisemakers here and my and my warm milk. And, <laughs> there you uh, go. I'm ready to go.
0: <laughs> you know we've have. A lot to talk about today. We're gonna to have special guests uh, uh, throughout the episode dropping by, you know, whenever their, their schedule allows them to come in. But on top of our 100th episode, Spectacular, something else is, is right around the corner and we're gonna celebrate it here today. Does anybody Absolutely. have any idea what's coming?
2: Uh, I have a really good idea because it's circled on my calendar every year in March. Uh... I'm on the edge of my seat. Oh, you don't know? well you'll know in about three seconds when i tell you treat uh, me
1: as if i'm a casual listener who has <laughs> never heard this information before
2: Go. <laughs> uh we're going to be celebrating uh the very special birthday of mr kurt russell what
0: H- mr hollywood himself
3: is that, that
2: is it? amazing
0: that's right it's uh it's kurt's 70th birthday next week it's coming up right around the corner but we figured since we're all going to be here and having a great time let's let's just you know add add another layer to it and um, you know and kurt is here he's he's roaming around the studio uh he's got lots of meetings and lots of people to see while he's here but uh, hopefully maybe we'll at some point get him get him in here this is
1: most certainly a hundredth episode extravaganza
2: yeah, I hope we can get him on the mic. But if not, you know, he he knows how much we appreciate him, and uh, you know, and you know, he knows how much his fans appreciate him too. And you know, uh, we're just here to, to to give that appreciation back as as usual as 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 fans uh, for for decades, decades long fans of his work.
0: Yeah, and you know, a peek behind the curtain here. Uh, as some of you longtime listeners will may remember, uh, we start when we started this podcast. It was very Kurt heavy. We had our Kurt's Corner segment every episode, mm-hmm. which you know it ran its course, and, and and maybe at some point that'll that'll come back in here. And uh, we we wanted to relate each movie to Kurt, who was our our champion from our youth uh, of so many films that we loved as kids loved as adults, our, our love for Kurt has changed over the years, and uh, we, you know, this, the podcast was sort of born out of Kurt a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we, we sort of had a focal point. Uh, so Hollywood has so many talented and creative individuals, and, you know, we're celebrating the films of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and, you know, that's, that's sort of the, the, maybe, the bread and butter of, of Kurt's career, and it would seem like a natural intersection. Uh, for us to to sort of honor him uh, as well as all the other stars of all the other films we were talking talking about week to week. And, you know, I just I don't know how you resist. So it it was like we just leaned into it, I think.
0: Yeah, it's natural. I mean, Kurt was, uh, you know, Kurt was a big part of my life growing up in the 80s. Uh, You know, Big Trouble in Little China, Overboard, Escape from New York, uh, Backdraft, all big movies for me. Why not? Captain Ron, you know, who doesn't love Captain Ron?
2: Hey. Right. <laughs> Get a little of that going. That's good stuff.
0: So we're going to talk about his career as well, uh, you know, focusing on on different chapters of his career and and how he got started and where he is today and uh kind of a deep dive into Kurt the man, the myth and the legend. Excellent. Um well, he's been doing So what? What do we, where do we start? Do we start from
2: his early days do we start do we work backwards from the present
0: yeah i think i think we start you know right at the beginning that uh kurt vogel russell was born on march 17th 1951 in springfield massachusetts he is the son of bing and louise russell now bing russell are you guys bing russell fans do you know do you remember bing russell from maybe more your parents thing
2: yeah i'm not i'm not too familiar
0: i'm sorry I, I I also I think it was more my parents' thing, maybe even my grandparents. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> now, <laughs> Bing was an actor in the uh, the fifties and sixties, and uh, he was a star. But he also was a uh, was involved with minor league baseball teams, and is the really the one who who you know guided Kurt into the acting profession and the baseball and his short lived baseball career, which we'll get to. But hmm. Kurt uh, was. Started out acting in 1962 and 63. Uh, there's, you know, he's not really credited in a lot in 1962, but de- he, he appeared in Dennis the Menace, the original television series as Kevin in an episode there. I think that was the very first time uh, he was, he was filmed. His image was captured on screen, uh, mm-hmm. but some credit it to an Elvis Presley movie called it happened at the world's fair. He's like a kid that comes, comes up and kicks Elvis in the shin. Which is funny because he would circle Elvis Presley kind of throughout his career. Yeah. Yeah. He's He's a big fan. Big fan,
2: certainly. Yeah, I mean, geez, he's had at least three or four more Elvis-related projects in his life. I think. Yeah, and and maybe we haven't seen the last one yet, too. Who knows? Yeah, there could be more. Son of Elvis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kurt uh, gets involved uh, basically at the age of twelve and thirteen. He really starts getting a lot of roles uh, on television as as a child star. He he was the lead in a show called The Travels of Jamie McFeeders. That's mm-hmm. a that's a that's a name. Some of these shows, you know, aren't you can't really have it. There's no access to them anymore. Yeah, some of the imposs- bigger ones
1: they're impossible to find. Right? Yeah, like you just can't
0: right yeah. well some a show like that you know i i don't know where you could find it but there's like the man from uncle gilligan's island the virginian um Gunsmoke, you know some of those more popular shows i don't know how if you can track down like i know they're on like this tv and some of the western channel and uh, like regularly but i don't do those are, are those on like netflix or amazon
2: oh i don't know i'd have to check the yeah check we'll the streamers to.
1: Checking the like, streamers for the old like Gunsmoke. I feel like Gunsmoke is accessible somewhere streaming. I don't know exactly where, but oh, I, I
0: feel like Prime. That feels like a Prime show. It oh, could definitely, cool. definitely
1: be a Prime show.
2: Yeah, if Gunsmoke was going to be on any streaming service, it would be Amazon Prime. Yeah, a or maybe Peacock.
1: Percent. It could be Peacock.
0: Yeah. Oh, could you're be. right. Yeah. The yeah. uh I remember the first the first thing I ever saw Kurt in was one of his his uh move the movies from his youth. It's the one and only genuine original family band. That was the first Kurt Russell know. movie that I saw. I had it on Betamax. Wow. And that was the first time I saw it. I'm like, Oh, this this cool this guy looks cool. And then shortly after that, uh I think I saw either parts of Escape from New York and then Big <laughs> Trouble wasn't long after. But uh Coincidentally, that is the production where he meets Goldie Hawn for the very first time. Oh,
3: uh,
2: on the one uh, and only genuine family band?
0: Yeah, yeah. Huh. One of the old Disney films. Shoot, I didn't know that. So uh, they've been he, together since then? Well, they haven't been together since then, but that was where uh, they first met. They would reconnect oh. uh, in the 80s, but we'll we'll get there. Oh, okay. Uh, he... Now the rumor is so while he's he's doing all these TV shows and, and uh he's starting to do Disney movies, Walt Disney himself was super high on him. Supposedly, on his deathbed, the last words that he wrote, he wrote down Kurt Russell right before he died in 19,
3: <laughs> 1966. <laughs> and they that signed was his, him to, they that was signed his to a 10 year
0: contract. What's that?
1: That was his rosebud?
0: That apparently was Walt Disney's rosebud. That's uh, Kurt
1: Russell.
0: <laughs> he just wrote it on a piece of paper. Uh, apparently, That's signed him to a deal, and then doesn't doesn't Walton everybody cut. write Kurt
1: Russell's name down right before they?
0: Yeah, right. Uh, Th- that'll be I, mine. I, I wonder if not... if if that's something
2: that Kurt's just been sort of quietly whispering throughout Hollywood since Walt Disney's death, <laughs> <laughs>
1: his, his own lore. Yeah, like
2: this. I mean, that sounds like something you would you would want to. I mean, you know, I, I bet they had a meeting that week. Who knows? But then yeah. anyway, I was one of the last people to talk to him. He said he wrote my name down before he died.
1: Maybe the- Kurt Russell poisoned Walt Disney, and that's how he died. And he was actually oh. telling the world who Ooh. his murderer was. I've got it figured out.
2: We're gonna to have to get him on the show, and really, I mean, if he can get over to the mic, we can we can ask him directly if he
0: did. He this.
1: killed him with that killer smile. You know, it'd be weird. Joke.
0: <laughs> it'd be weird if on if if Kurt Russell ever does pass away, if on his deathbed he writes down Walt Disney. That, that's if it'll come full circle. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I have that's a feeling. It works. What happened? So he signs a ten-year contract with Disney, and he becomes Disney's, uh, really like Disney's one of Disney's top actors of the late '60s and all the way through the '70s. Uh, he does, David. Your favorite trilogy, right? The Dexter Riley trilogy. The Dexter Riley trilogy, absolutely.
2: Start kicking off with a computer wore tennis shoes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the first movie that
1: I actually re- remember him from, or the first like instance of of, of seeing him. You mm-hmm. know, watching yeah. the Disney movies back when I was a, a kid.
0: Yeah, when we were kids, that would have been what we really had access to, in right. when we were really young. So. In the old clamshell VHS. You know it covers yeah uh david what were the other two dexter riley movies Mm
2: -hmm. now you see him and now you don't and the
0: strongest man in the world those were the classic that was the dexter riley trilogy right there and that was what 69 through i think what the mid 70s somewhere right 75 yeah yeah 75 was the last one so yeah so he was but a young
2: 19 year old i guess going into that first one is that yeah i guess 19 20 years old and then, uh, you know, and he having had mo- so many just guest star TV credits and movie, I mean, he, he stayed busy ever since he was a kid. I I vaguely remember him as uh, the jungle boy on Gilligan's Island. So, <laughs> like, I remember watching a lot of Gilligan's Island as a kid and then seeing on a, you know, a Gilligan's Island special. It's like, hey, did you know Kurt Russell's? And I was like, oh, I remember that. And then they were I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize I'd been watching Kurt. Uh, from that, that's probably my first Kurt Russell memory, mm-hmm. or first seeing him. Probably saw, and then probably registering. I don't know
0: big that double. he was somebody at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, same Same, same with me. Yeah, um, I think he took in in 1971. I think he took a quick stop uh, to really like try his baseball career out. He's a, a minor league baseball player for the, I think it was an Angels, California Angels minor league team. Uh, but he at where he was apparently he was very good, but he got into a collision around second base and he tore his rotator cuff and that really kind of put the end to his uh, burgeoning baseball career. So just, back just to like acting. Me. He went fell right.
1: Fell right back into his acting career.
0: Yeah, uh, he he does a, a non Disney role called the Deadly Tower, which was the Charles Whitman story. Uh, have you guys seen that? It was a TV movie, but totally the opposite of what he had been doing before.
1: No. No, I never saw that one.
0: Yeah, he's... Remember Charles Whitman, who was the, the sniper in... in, uh, in was mm-hmm. it Dallas, I think? Where he was, he was up the clock tower that he was, like, sniping oh, at,
1: people. Oh, at University of Texas? Yeah, yeah.
0: That yeah. one? In yeah. Austin? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I've seen clips of it, and it looks very, very intense. Um, so we should try and track that one down. But that's his first like break away from disney even though he would stay with disney for another couple of years and and then come back a few times over the years but uh clearly as he's getting into his 20s he's trying to get out of that but uh yeah so that's that's kurt's youth basically all summed up very quickly
2: And then it's it's like, and then we get, you know, with every other, he did that, what, that Elvis movie in the late seventies, right? 78, 79. Yeah,
0: 79. And that's, that's kind of an epic moment for Kurt where that really marks the end of his, you know, his transitioning out of being known as a child star. And and look, I can, I can do something more. Uh, And obviously that's his first connection with John Carpenter. So that begins a new phase of his career and uh and and he was nominated i think for an emmy for best actor for elvis so uh, mm-hmm. it's a it's a great performance i know i know our friend uh ek uh has just watched it on vhs i just saw him uh pick that up online is that it's right a, yeah he always finds the great films <laughs> oh, um, then the carpenter
1: years well, yeah, those are, those are good years.
2: We're definitely going to have to get into those. Um, but like here, the party's going on. We're COVID safe. We're having a great time. We're gathering here. And uh, look who's over here uh, just joining us. Uh, John Kazemple, our director of Exchequer Studies for Reconciliation, over, typically over in the UK, but joining us today, John, welcome. Hey, it is good to be here. So glad to have you back. As you know, yeah. you guys right be- know
4: that time zones are a thing, right? That
2: it's, you know, yeah. two o'clock in the morning here. Okay, great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So It's definitely- not for me. It's uh, <laughs> I'm 24-7. <laughs>
3: okay, okay, what great. Is, what is the
1: time zone? Okay.
2: Uh, John, we just had you, the pre- the episode right before this, we just had you on for, for Mushroom with Love. So we're so happy you'll join us for our 100th episode celebration. I am okay. absolutely thrilled to be here, so to be part of it that's gonna be great um, so thank you for joining us yeah our hundredth episode we have we've done so many different movies we had a lot of fun but of course we're celebrating Kurt Russell he's you know he's Absolutely. The, the center of our universe in a lot of ways um, of anyone's universe really I mean shouldn't that be the case <laughs> I, I think so <laughs> the
3: Kurtiverse.
2: Um, <laughs> so we, were, we were talking a lot of his like pre-1980 films and things of like that like the start of his career and I don't know, like because since we're gonna have a lot of special guests today, we should uh we should sort of just get into a little bit of Kurt talk, I think. And cool. I mean, so I mean, what about what about you, John? What about what are your favorite uh Kurt Russell movies? Do you have do you have a favorite? Is it there- I
4: absolutely have a favorite? Really? Um you guys have not gotten to it yet. My favorite Kurt Russell movie, and this is by some distance, is Overboard.
2: Oh wow. All right, uh, the number
4: one. <laughs> Um, I first saw Overboard, I, I am not making this up, in a hotel room on a high school basketball trip. So this is like like 93 or 94, uh-huh. I want to say. Um, I was the manager of our high school basketball team, and we would every year take like a trip to Maryland or upstate New York. This year we were in Baltimore, and because my father worked at a snooty prep school, I got to go to the snooty prep school. So I was right. 16 years old and staying in the Inner Harbor Sheraton in a room to myself. Um, yeah, right. And um, <laughs> pro pro tip: don't be the middle class Irish Catholic at the snooty prep school. Um,
3: <laughs> but tip. like
4: the, the one night this movie comes on, and I'm like, oh, that's Goldie Hawn, who I knew from Private Benjamin, a movie my parents loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm watching. I'm like, like, this is the funniest thing I have ever seen. Uh, I was I was like 16 years old, um, but I keep going back to it, and it's got such a great supporting cast: uh, Edward Herman. Roddy, Roddy McDowell, um, the grandmother from who's the boss whose name I could never remember. Um,
2: uh, Catherine Hellman.
4: Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Mona. Um, Mona. Mo- Mona. 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 <laughs>
4: um, <laughs> Angela. And I, I, I wanted to go back and, and actually watch it for this and I could not get around to it, but God, I love that movie. Um, I love Goldie Hawn. She is one of my favorite comedians or comedians of any gender, plural. She is just so great in almost everything, yeah. and the two of them, like you can see, sort of how they've been, what they've been for so long. Because the two of them together, like, explode off the screen, in that love yeah. It. Oh yeah. The, well, the chemistry, the
1: chemistry between yeah. that movie is just phenomenal. I mean, obviously based off what was going on in their
4: real life, but it's just. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you they, they always say you you can't fake chemistry, and you really can't. But when it's really there, oh, my God, it's so great to watch. Yeah.
0: The the best thing about that movie, too, is the poster. <laughs> the it's, original it's, poster. It's, with...
4: it's, 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 it's an interesting... Um,
1: <laughs> is, is that the one where where they're, like, on the side of the ship? They're, kind
0: falling, of... off the they're ship. falling off the they're, ship. They're yeah. falling overboard. And they're like, I don't know. We're just <laughs> in love. <you> know? Is <laughs> yeah.
4: there water? Who knows?
0: <laughs> we'll be <laughs> fine. It's right. the 80s.
4: An early appearance from the late uh, Ray Coombs, is in that place. Yes, I think one yeah, of the police officers, at the hospital, right? Right, right. Um, who was a, a, before my time, but like a beloved stand-up before he was on Family Feud. Um, that's one of. Any, has anybody here actually seen the Elvis miniseries? The
0: I have not actually. No,
4: it is no. surprisingly good.
0: Wait, which one's this?
4: The Kurt Russell Elvis the, show, yeah, the, John, the TV the John movie John from '79. Yeah, oh it? yeah,
2: thought it wasn't a one-off; it was a mini series. It was multiple. I thought it was two episodes. Oh, it could be. I thought I, I'm not familiar enough with it, which I it's been get.
4: a very long time, but I saw it, so I'm like, like this is like you, you're conditioned to like TV movies, miniseries, whatever. Are like, yeah. and I'm like, no, he's awesome in this.
3: Hmm. Well,
2: uh, well, yeah, it was it was world, a but...
0: huge it was a huge transition for him, and that's where he, yeah. you know, really said hello world i'm here it's well, it's if, me kurt
4: if if we're saying that he's awesome in everything are we living in a parallel universe where executive decision does not exist
2: he was great in executive decisions <laughs> i don't know if executive decision was a great movie uh, i sure had fun at the theater <laughs> i love that movie is, um, is, I, is that the one with him and isn't like
1: steven seagal in that as well for, like steven seagal for, like janet leaves it up
4: for like the first two reels, and then, as I recall, gets sucked out the landing gear of the plane. Yeah, that's the best part.
2: <laughs> yeah, he 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 forces Kurt to stay on the plane and, and locks mm-hmm. him in, and you know because they were doing like the 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 sh- the ship to ship kind of transfer like yes. with a with a stealth bomber.
4: <laughs> like. Exactly. Oh, by the way, excuse me. That's that's Sheriff Segal to you. Oh, that's
2: right. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Good point. You're right.
4: Because he he is a sworn law enforcement officer in Louisiana, (laughs) where apparently anybody can get a badge.
2: They give them away when you cross the border. (laughs) Um, one thing we didn't talk about in our little opening before you joined us, John, but I think it's something we want to discuss with everybody because you know, it's (laughs) our show is a celebration of all the films. You know, we're you know we cover a very specific sort of time frame, but you know Mm -hmm. there's there's movies they've been around for what 120 years um
4: hundreds of years really yeah
2: yeah, really if you consider any pictures (laughs) yes uh, a movie multiple (laughs) pictures is a movie um but like what about like you know this is like kind of a i don't know if it's a loaded question or, or too much but like is there like a a film that you first fell in love with or the film that made you fall in love with medium like that okay that like move this movies are like a real thing or you know what what brings you that joy or that that origin story for film for you
4: um yeah there's there's two uh the the movie that like sort of makes me become a movie person Mm. is is indiana jones and the last crusade because uh folks of a certain generation and this is going to twig a lot of people's right are We'll recall that back at some point in the early 90s, you could buy all three and Jones movies on VHS at McDonald's for like a dollar.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, and we had them. And my sister and I watched Last Crusade, I'm pretty sure every day for about a year.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, it- I-, I can still like recite that screenplay from memory. Uh, that, Ghostbusters and the Big Lebowski. And oh, wow. just watched it over... And then, and, and it wasn't because it was like, I got all the weird, you know, father-son dynamic stuff. It just, it, the, the movie making is, is so pure. Mm-hmm. And say what you will about Harrison Ford, his performance in that as Indiana Jones is like, this is the guy I want to be when I grow up. You know, not yeah. Dr. Jones, Indiana Jones. Yeah, and, and it's, I still say that the tank... Chase scene in that is the best action sequence ever set to film.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's,
4: I mean, there's there's cool sequences, but that is so great. It's all character driven stuff too, and I love Mm it. Um, And yeah. And then when I was in college, I saw um, LA Confidential. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, relatively, that was the first time I was ever aware that oh, you can transcend genre and take sort of the tropes and the trappings of a genre and use that to tell a story about something else. That was the movie that twigged me to, like basically that, that screenwriting was a separate thing that you could do and be unique in it. And that turned me into the monster I am now. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: James, James Elroy and Curtis Hansen <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Well, that's that's why you're on the payroll here at Reconciniation Studios. Um those are those are great movies. Those are like just perfect movies to be like, these are the movies that made me like uh, a yeah. fan. Like those are perfect. Yeah, because like Last Crusade is basically a perfect, a perfect of a a perfect version of that kind of movie, right? It's it's like that and oh, back yeah. to the future are perfect from from script to screen, right? And it's, as far as I'm concerned, anyway.
4: Back to the Future still, like it's been a couple of years, but every time I watch it, and I, I mean, I learn more about like the art and the craft of films still as I get older. Yeah. Every time I watch Back to the Future, I'm like, holy shit, how's this movie this good?
0: Yeah. Still, you know? like it has, it has no a... right still
4: Yes. like the, the pitch and then and, and, like literally the pitch is hey, what if what if a teenager goes back in time and has sex with his mom? <laughs> and that's where this movie came from and it becomes this yeah and it's just so annoyingly you know gallingly perfect mm-hmm. every single thing in it and it's just james anything with james tolkien is like automatically great <laughs>
3: but
2: that's a good one. It's it's fun for with Back to the Future. There's a there's a couple documentaries about it, you know, for for fans of of it. And Spielberg was interviewed in one of them. And at the very end of the documentary, just sort of summing up Back to the Future, and I'm gonna kind of butcher the quote here, but he said, "Back to the Future def- basically defined the taste of movie theater popcorn," and I think that's like such a perfect way to that is, yeah, that's
4: such an evocative way to like distill the movie down to one thing.
2: Yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan of that, but, um, and it's, well, you know, and this kind of like leads into uh, my, my, our other question, We sort of want to talk about, like we do it's reconsinimation, you know, we go back and look at all these other films and uh, sometimes we've never seen them and sometimes we're revisiting. So in this like last insane year that we've been in, is there, is there a film that maybe even this year or just recently in the past that you kind of rediscovered and maybe saw it a different way or you know,
4: there, yes, there is. It's not as sort of far back in the Recon cinema canon. Yeah. Um, this was maybe two, th- two years ago, three years ago. Um, fire TV one day and caught. It was it was two minutes into uh, Batman Begins. I'm like, shit, I ain't do anything. I'll okay. watch Batman Begins. Yeah, and I'm watching this, and Batman Begins gets overshadowed by The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises and everything. I'm watching this and going, was this movie always this great? Because Hmm. it's like you oh hey christopher nolan made a great movie everybody's shocked i'm like holy crap this movie's really good liam neeson in this movie is (laughs) is like the prototypical actor doing work in a superhero movie that you've never seen before um like a lot of superhero movies the the act two act three bridge is a little (laughs) but like Uh just sort of it's the first time somebody goes. What if we made a superhero movie, but cast real serious actors who give real serious performances? Yeah. Um, and like, say what you will about the voice. Like, what Christian Bale is doing there is so cool to watch, and 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 Liam Neeson and Michael Caine and Katie Holmes is in it.
2: <laughs> she, she's there well,
4: she she appears on screen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm like. And all the, the weird DNA of, of his Batman movies and of Chris Nolan movies in general is all there. It's weird to say a movie that made like nine hundred million dollars gets overlooked. But right. like ever like if you watch, I guarantee people have seen The Dark Knight like twice as much as the other two movies combined. And yeah. Batman begins is like it's just I couldn't believe like did I forget this movie was like this? And I guess I did.
2: Yeah, it's I, I I that's the thing. I think after Dark Knight I didn't I felt like I didn't need to go back to Batman begins a lot. And I think yeah. I've probably only seen it once or twice, maybe probably just once. Yeah. And that's oh, and I own it. <laughs> like I'm yeah, like the, the I... Dark
4: Knight is like the apotheosis of superhero movies. It changes the entire movie industry. Mm. Um we basically have ten best picture nominees because of the Dark Knight now. We have all this other stuff. Yeah. Um and there's this little this little Batman movie with Liam Neeson, and it's just surprisingly great.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh man.
4: Yeah. Aren't movies great, guys? I'd, movies. Whoo, abs- it's it's this. I had over the course of the pandemic forgotten how much I loved just watching movies. And I'm starting to finally claw my way back to like normal life now. And that's a big part of it. Remembering yeah. like, oh my God, this is I love this. This makes me feel good. Let's stick with it.
1: Yeah. Great point. Batman begins is awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> a, lot of,
4: a lot of great movies, man. You 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 nailed it. That's awesome. Listen, I mean, I also one of my favorite movies ever is Top Secret. So it's not like I'm up yeah. in my ivory tower. I absolutely love <laughs> Top Secret. Nothing wrong with
0: that.
1: Possibly Val Kilmer's best. So yeah.
0: Yeah. not
4: not possibly. I mean, yeah. like Tombstone, um, yeah. that David Mann movie with the Karate Guys, and mm-hmm. Top Secret, Red uh, Belt.
2: Those are those are Kilmer classics. <laughs> uh, I love, I'm a big fan of Top Secret. Um,
4: oh God, I just finished my tunnel.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's got a cow with boots, right? That's
4: the same, that's that's the one, yeah. Yeah, it's got that. It's got that Der Pizza House in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> How do we know he's not Mel Torme? I, I'm I can do the whole time, then just quoting bits from Top Secret because that's not helpful.
2: <laughs> that's awesome um uh well john this was great i love love that you could stop by during our big party uh, and celebration thank you for joining us um, no
4: f- thank you for having me this uh, is 100 episodes you guys I, I i love what you're doing i mean you pay me to love it so that that helps that <laughs>
0: helps yeah
4: yeah well yeah. I, I i said i'm a big fan of the studio's work and eventually as soon as her government gets off my back we can actually start paying other
2: people again absolutely perfect uh, well that'll be great well um if you if you'd like you want to wish Cap- kurt russell a happy 70th birthday and we will uh oh pardon me uh, my alarms are going off but uh so if, if, if you want to wish kurt a happy birthday uh we, we appreciate uh, uh everything he's done and overboard what a choice thank you for sharing that.
4: love it absolutely happy birthday kurt thanks for everything don't remake overboard again. <laughs> yeah.
2: No,
0: Not me. again. No. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Excellent, John. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll, Guys, we'll be we'll be seeing you again
0: soon. Thank you. Looking forward to it. We'll see All you right. on Goldfinger. Awesome. Can't wait. Take care. <laughs> see ya. Oh, what a wow. what a joy that was. Right. What a, what a great stop by. And there he goes. He's gone. Yeah. Oh man, what
2: a what a guy. That uh, was but... incredible. Holy cow.
0: Overboard. That's a that's a top level pick. That's it really a, is it's, yeah.
2: a, it's a great pick i feel like we're, we're gonna hear about overboard again tonight while we're talking oh yeah
0: we're, we're not done talking about overboard no no no, no. no. <laughs>
2: it will circle back we're just scratching the surface here yeah,
0: yeah. we're just we're just hitting to uh, kurt into the 80s right is that where we where we kind of left off
2: yeah yeah the 80s what was he doing
0: So actually, and we covered uh, one of his very first movies of the 80s, which uh, we covered last year, Used Cars, also directed by by your friend, Robert Zemeckis.
2: Yeah, the guy, my friend, my
0: friend, your personal, dear personal longtime friend. I I text him. We have a texting relationship. (laughs) Me, Uh, the stars of VR. If you want to hear all of our, our deep dive thoughts on used cars, you can definitely check out our episode in the archives at Uh That movie, you know, I don't know how well that one's aged. We had some thoughts about it. But uh, again, it gave Kurt a chance to expand his horizons a little bit and do something different. So uh, that was good for him. But it's really the next film is already an iconic role. And, of course, I'm talking about his second collaboration with John Carpenter, Escape from New York. Escape from New York. The, we also covered that one on this show.
1: Now, did you? When, when did you cover that one?
2: One of our very first episodes. Episode that was eight. our very
0: first episode. Exactly. Number you one. Uno. <laughs> Escape from New York. <laughs> Absolutely. Mr. Snake Plissken. Which, what,
2: an, what an iconic role.
0: Yeah. And, and it's wrong. Snake Plissken Kurt has said that that is his favorite that is his favorite performance uh, out of all the characters he's played uh, Snake is the one he's is nearest and dearest to his heart and when they uh, apparently a few years ago there was talk of rebooting it with uh, was it Gerard Butler playing Snake and Kurt like put his foot down and said no absolutely not it's mm-hmm. not going to happen I'm Snake Plissken
1: yeah no, thanks.
0: I, I think that was probably for the best. I mean, we'll talk about Escape from L.A. a little bit later. But uh, Brent, since you were, hadn't joined us on the show yet at that point, what are your thoughts on Escape from New York? You a fan? I mean, sure, I'm
1: a fan. But to be honest, it wasn't one of the movies of Kurt Russell's that I watched over and over and over again. I do like it, but I don't think I actually saw it until... Escape from L.A. was about to release. And I knew that there was this, Mm -hmm. you know, a huge kind of like pop culture, um, Snake Bliskin push for when when Escape from L.A. was releasing. So I went back and I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Um, But at that time, also like just that storytelling was kind of different than the storytelling at that time. And it was, you know, it felt a little outdated to me by the time I finally did get around to see it. But, um, but I did enjoy it, I think it's good. I think the Snake Bliskin character is, is awesome. I mean, he is, he is iconic for sure. Uh, when, you, when you list some of the, some of the most iconic in, in film history, he's in that list. So I, I, I get it, I like it, um, but it wasn't, wasn't one of the ones that really like molded my, my um, opinion on Kurt Russell and his, and his kind of career. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: I was actually late to the party, very late to the party on Escape as well. I did, Same thing, I didn't, I, I knew of it, I'd seen pieces of it, but it wasn't until Escape from LA came out, and that's when I was like, oh yeah, all right, now it's time, let me see that, and I fell in love with it, and that was kind of the beginning of, I saw that right around the, the time I saw Halloween, or like really sat down and watched Halloween, so somewhere at yeah. 95, 96.
1: So you had your uncle, who was always like, kind of, you know, like teaching you to appreciate like those 70s movies and things like that like I never I, I didn't really have that influence so like my big you know I didn't I didn't really watch or focus on any of those films until probably we got into film school right mm-hmm. I mean some of them I've seen you know of course like Godfather and some some of the big ones but but a lot of them I hadn't because I didn't have that kind of like film influence growing growing up. Um, but yeah, man. I, I imagine if you know I'd seen it when I was earlier, like it would have been a different story. Or if I, or if I had had kind of that '70s uh, filmmaking
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: kind of style more ingrained in my in my appreciation for films, you know, I, I probably would have would have uh, latched onto it a little bit stronger.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, well, I'm glad at least you did eventually come around to seeing it and. And it was too bad that you hadn't connected with us on live on the show at that point. But yeah. maybe when we get to episode one thousand, we'll just start over and we'll we'll cover it again. <laughs> yeah,
3: Why absolutely. Not? Yeah. Um, we have to re- re- re-
2: we reboot the, the the show and just re- do every yeah. every
0: movie again. Recon cinema, cinema boot, Recons cinema reboot, Recons cinema boot, right. or just Recons Is it Canadian? Be- I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Okay, so after Escape from New York, Kurt takes a quick trip back to Disney for The Fox and the Hound, which I never realized came out the same year as uh, as Escape. I thought that I had always thought that was more of a '70s movie, but it did. Uh, And then coming right back to Carpenter uh, with The Thing, which is one of my—I really can't wait to cover The Thing probably next year. uh, It's—it's my one of my. Probably top three films, period. I mean, I love the thing. I'm kind of obsessed with it. I've got the board game. I've got all the books, and uh, which the board game is a great time as long as you that have board people. board
1: game is awesome, but it's frustrating as fuck. Yeah. It's so hard to win, it's
2: very hard. <laughs>
0: It's, uh, it's it's an amazing film that uh, just gets better with age, like a lot of Carpenter movies. You know, the Carpenter's best stuff just gets better and better. And there's so much love and appreciation now for Carpenter and all these movies, uh, besides Halloween, all of them were not really successful financially. And and even as Kurt's starting, you know, w- w- as we talk about these Used cars was not successful. Escape from New York was not successful. The thing was not successful at all, even though you know it's a, again, a top level movie these days. But uh, amazing performances for performance as McCready and, and there's so much depth in the film about um, identity and, and what that means. and, and there, there's so many layers to it. I, I really feel like it's Carpenter and probably Kurt's most layered film.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I kind I of I have to agree with you there. I came to the thing party late uh, late in the game. Uh, and I can't believe how good that movie was for especially for like, I don't know, I didn't know what I expected. I mean, I know I was, I was aware of the film and all of that. But man, like Kurt just uh, I mean, everyone in it's really is really good. Like they really are effective with how these characters are supposed to how you're supposed to buy into um you know this the sort of this mystery this horror mystery that's going on and uh and kurt i you know even t- to this day i still can't tell
0: at the very end uh yeah. is, he, is he is he still with us yeah is he <laughs> is he not will there be a sequel probably not <laughs> probably not. they've talked about it and people want it but yeah there's yeah. been video games and comic books and you can mm-hmm. get into it there but uh i don't think they'll ever go back to it and yeah, that's probably for the best. It keeps, you know, keeps the lore of the original strong. Sure. But even after the thing, there's a streak of movies that Kurt does that m- many people haven't seen or haven't been talked about recently. Uh, the next one he does is Silkwood, which I, you know, I just recently watched and was much better. Than, I, like, I, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about this movie probably since it came out. It's uh, starring him and Meryl Streep and Cher. And it's about uh, Karen Silkwood and the sort of conspiracy theory about the, the nuclear energy plant that she worked at. And it's a true story where or based on a true story where uh, she discovered yeah. things that the plant was doing and was making moves to expose it when she was uh, tragically killed. And Kurt plays her uh, significant other in the film and who also works at the plant, great serious performance from him. Uh it's a it's a really strong role. He was nominated for a golden globe for best supporting actor. Uh and and it just it was it really his role really stood out to me that like he can act. Like he's not just the fun loving guy that we would know throughout the 80s. He can really he can hit home runs, you know, to, to bring it back to his baseball career uh <laughs> as a serious actor as well.
2: He sure can hit home runs as a serious actor. I, I watched Silkwood as well, uh, uh, uh recently, and I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on uh on your love for Kurt. I mean, uh, Meryl and Cher too. I mean, what a what a great core cast, and uh, they play so well together uh, on that. And um, I had never seen it before actually, so it was my first time visiting. Uh, yeah, Silkwood.
0: it's you, It's not easy to track down. I mean, like I had to actually go rent the physical copy at my local. Uh, brick and mortar video store videotech shout out to videotech in south Pasadena, california yeah.
1: yeah it's probably good that you went there because i watched i watched a like a ripped version on youtube and it was uh quality quality not great so <laughs> it was it was a bit of a difficult watch
2: oh i see well well you know you, you, you listen you love movies so much you're doing what you can to see Absolutely. all the greats yeah. i mean that's
1: the thing about silkwood right like that's another one that's really it's i
0: mean it's quite difficult to find uh a copy to watch yeah. yeah yeah and it's directed by mike nichols i mean that was i just didn't realize like it was one i just hadn't thought about in a long time and and when i looked at it i'm like wow there's a lot of serious talent here and it's a great. It's really an effective movie, and I highly recommend it. If you're, and even if you're just a Meryl Streep fan too, I mean, another one of her. She did it like right after Sophie's Choice, so. Oh yeah. Um, she's done so many amazing movies, and and Cher was also nominated for for uh, I believe a, I think she was best supporting actress at the Oscars. She was nominated. Yeah,
1: uh, I mean Silkwood. it's it's stacked, you know. I mean, Silkwood, the cast, the I mean. You mentioned Mike Nichols, but it's written by one of the writers is Nora Ephron, you know, mm-hmm. who who's yeah. also insanely um, talented and and you know, uh, so it's it, it was a good movie. I had also just recently seen it for the first time. I don't really recall ever seeing it when I was younger, um, but it was good. Just the quality of 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 the platform that I was trying to watch on it was a, a bit sketchy, but but uh, it's a really interesting story about that that you know. Kind of this nuclear plant hiding, you know its safety protocols and stuff, and and you know it's a bit of a kind of in kindred spirit to China Syndrome, although it's much more dramatic than China Syndrome is, and it's told from this kind of the perspective of of the 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 employees of the plant versus mm-hmm. versus you know um, uh, new like a news uh, right the news crew yeah. yeah right. So, yeah, um, but it's, it is good. It's a, it's a nice little companion piece.
0: Uh, yeah. China Syndrome. That. That's a that's a great film. Not Kurt, but it's Michael no, Douglas. So that's yeah. right. Most no yeah. second. <laughs> so yeah. l- l- nuclear horror uh,
2: dramas, uh, you know, you got to have the best leading men. So you're talking Kurt Russell. You're yeah. talking Michael Douglas. Uh, you know, who else are you going to get in the in the 80s? That's it. Yeah, I mean, those those, those are your guys
1: <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a kid for years i used to get the two of them confused so <laughs>
0: well you know what if you look at their hair sometimes it looked like the same head of hair oh yeah that's right they knew how to do great with great
2: with uh feathering um uh, yeah in those days. <laughs> yeah um so uh oh who's that Uh oh right what Some somebody's coming over here uh-oh someone's here joining us at the 100th episode COVID-safe celebration of Reconcinimation. There he is. There he is. Is that Joe Setta, our Reconcinimation's own director of Myths and Legends, back on the show?
5: Hey, how's it going, fellas? Hey! hey. Welcome back, sir. Oh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled to be back. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to be doing anything. I got out of the basement. <laughs> I got out of the lab. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. This, this is a party now. Like, this yeah. is exciting. You're happy. Of course, viewers and listeners, uh, mostly listeners, would know
0: Joe from our (laughs)
2: Teen Wolf. If if they're
0: if they're watching something, they're they're going to be real bored right about now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. why is it so dark? (laughs) And they're not (laughs) even talking. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> this podcast doesn't play on my uh, my system. I don't understand. So. <laughs> what is this? Uh,
2: but Joe, you were back with us on the, the Teen Wolf episode where yeah. we talked so long about Teen Wolf.
5: We really did. I was a little concerned when you invited me on. I was like, I got nothing left Teen Wolf-wise. That's it. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's the whole list. I covered well, it all. The big surprise is that we're not going to talk Teen Wolf today. What? A- <laughs> yeah. No, we're We're celebrating. Kurt Russell's 70th birthday, ah, uh, Kurt Russell. as well as our 100th episode, so we're so glad you can join us.
5: Yeah, no, I'm excited to be in here. I, uh, I did. I was just listening in from from my office, and I, I heard a little bit talking about Silkwood, and I was like, "Yeah, I've never been able to track down a copy of Silkwood. Yeah, oh, can. impossible. I you saw the trailer one more, on YouTube. It looks good. That's, I have no idea. A lot <laughs> well, of shirtless I'm... Kurt. That's really well. Aware. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's I finally saw right the
2: origin of the the Silkwood shower. I didn't realize really know what that means, but that's yeah. just the de- the nuclear decontamination. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that, that's shower. apparently the
5: lasting you know thing from that film because the movie itself is not out there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
2: hard it's hard to find. Yeah, um, but because we're talking Kurt, I mean, you know, you, so we're coming. To, we're currently in the mid '80s for his his career, but mm-hmm. uh, he's had a long career uh, for for sixty years, uh, if, if more. Yeah, if, if not more. When so, was that Gilligan's Island episode? He's young in that episode, right? He's like 13 back then. I think, oh, okay. Yeah, in, in this, in like 60, or maybe 12, 62. I don't know. Oh, okay. I think it was. Um, but he was in a Dennis the Menace episode too. Oh, I mean he was so that's like one of his first credits, as we talked earlier on the show. But yeah. Well, so we're talking Kurt. We're talking all sorts of uh, of of his films. Do yeah. you have a favorite or or multiple favorites? Like if you're gonna be like, oh, this is a Kurt Russell movie. Yeah. Is well,
5: it, I so I as as I probably mentioned in the last when I was on, I did. This this, this re- evaluation of my favorites of uh, films recently because uh, yes. the, the examined the unexamined life is pointless or whatever that's the phrase right that was <laughs> Nietzsche yeah. I don't know but <laughs> I, in going through that list what I've established as my favorite Kurt Russell movie was Tombstone mm. um, now the list was like there was a limit like I, I was I was removing the last couple of years so in all honesty my favorite Kurt Russell movie is probably once upon a time in Hollywood but if you want to go with real Kurt Russell, it's probably it was Tombstone was the the highest ranking movie on that list. Um, I was trying to think what did, was the first thing that I remember Kurt Russell from, because when I was a kid, I I you, you you Kurt Russell was always around, so you knew who he was. Like he wasn't, you know, he was a movie star. But I don't know why. Like I can't I couldn't pinpoint like what was something I saw a lot when I was a kid, yeah. and the only thing I can come up with honestly is Overboard. I saw Overboard it seemed like it was on TV all the time. Right. So I've seen overboard o- over and over again, not in a while, but um, that's, that was what occurred to me. It was like, that was probably
2: my real introduction to Kurt Russell was overboard. So, so like when you think Kurt Russell, that the image of him from that poster or in that with Goldie, it's yeah, where poster. they're both like it's, falling
5: in it's the poster. The poster. The poster. Like, it's yeah. the poster every time. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I really think that's what it was. Cause like, I didn't see escape from New York or the thing until years later. Yeah. Um, uh, I saw Big Trouble in Little China when I was a kid, but I, I only recently watched it again because I, I really didn't remember a lot of it. Um, but yeah, like trying to think of like when I was a kid, like 80s movies, that was probably it. Uh, and then going forward from there, it was like in rapid succession, it's like Backdraft and Tombstone. And like then I think it was really cementing the and Stargate was right then, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would say that was probably, that's probably my, my, my memory. One of his rare kind of light, romantic comedies really of the time i've ever i guess really he's not a really a romantic comedy guy mm, um, that's true so i think that that why overboard is such an odd movie in that regard so i have a different perspective on kurt russell <laughs> he's this romantic leading guy instead of just you yeah. know killing guys you know so <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: We, uh, uh, we seem to have a popular, uh, Overboard is getting a lot of votes It is uh, getting recently. a lot of votes, yeah, yeah. it so certainly is I think when we when the time comes to cover Overboard on the show we, We're just going to have to have a big, giant roundtable discussion <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody's got the, something to say, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: It's going to be the 200th episode, and we're just going to be talking <laughs> Overboard
5: Just <laughs> Overboard, yeah, I think that's fair
2: it's gonna be a five-hour episode we're yeah. just gonna go around the table and talking we about like,
5: we could just like rip apart the remake be like no oh. not that no <laughs> no, no, no. we know. don't talk about that here
2: pointless garbage that it's, does yeah. not exist in this world yeah um one but of now, the things that. oh sorry, oh, sorry go, go, ahead. go ahead oh i was gonna
1: say one of the things that sticks out of me most to overboard is that
5: incredible shoe closet that he makes and i'm just like <laughs> amazing how can she yeah. be
1: so mad about that thing's amazing <laughs> like amazing. i want one <laughs>
5: Yeah, you can see how the movie ends. Like it all makes
0: sense. Like just see how it plays out. Like, yeah. yeah, and the um, song at the end too is just uh, it's fantastic. It's glorious. Uh...
5: Yeah. The only thing I was gonna, the only other thing I wanted to add to this was that I was also trying to think what what do I consider the best Kurt Russell movie? Because I think that my opinion on this is a little you know. But again, I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it's so new that like I can't properly put it in place. But I would say if I had to re- like in, really be honest, I think. What I think is the best Kurt Russell movie is the Fox and the Hound, which I think is just oh. fantastic. And I don't think people talk about the Fox and the Hound like in the Disney canon, but
0: really in, in almost any collection of discussion. Joe, so. everybody here at the party just stopped. It was like the record, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, was everybody just ripping apart the Fox and the Hound before I showed up? <laughs> we we're ripping it apart. But that's that's a uh, that's really a surprise.
5: I yeah. I gotta be honest, like I really like the Fox and the Hound. Like I think I think that's a real underrated gem. Like love the Fox and the Hound.
0: Yeah. It, I I agree. I I wouldn't say that's my favorite or or his best in my yeah. opinion, but yeah. that is a great. It's a Disney movie that I have watched, you know, in recent years, and I think that still holds up. It doesn't yeah. feel yeah. as much of a, a of a kids movie as the rest of the old school Disney movies do. So yeah, it definitely yeah. there's that.
1: And to your point, Joe, I think for a Disney classic, like it definitely doesn't get talked about nearly enough. It really
5: doesn't. I mean, that no. was from that bad Disney era, like everything from, I don't know, the early 70s until Little Mermaid. Like there, yeah. there's not a lot of great movies in there, but but I think the Fox and the Hunt gets lost because of that, because of where it is. Yeah, you're absolutely. absolutely right. Yeah.
2: yeah. I have to give that another shot because I oh. was not into it as a kid. <laughs>
5: it's a do- I mean, it's a dark movie. Like it's it is. But- yeah. Oh. But, but it's good. I mean, it's not dark and lousy like the, the the black cauldron like, it's not bad yeah. like,
2: you know so. i imagine it's streaming on the disney plus so I, I might have to go fire that up yeah there's even uh, the
5: sequel which i've never seen i have no idea
2: <laughs> the fox what? and the hounder <laughs> <Two>? re-fox <Three laughs> re-hound
5: <three laughs> yeah, three yeah. Fo- two fat two
2: fox rehound yeah 2 fat 2 fox 2 hounds yeah. <laughs> um well uh, we, so i mean and in the so we're talking about all these kurt films and everything like that but of course you know our show is uh, you know, movies in general, but in a very specific time period, but, uh, just to maybe get a little bit more in depth with you, is there, Mm -hmm. uh, is there like a movie or movies that sort of solidified your love for the the medium, like films, like this movie made you love movies, or this is the example that like, this is the thing that like sort of just lit your fire.
5: Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's again, because this, this reexamining that I've done of myself in recent years, like mm-hmm. trying to really pinpoint this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like to me, I didn't realize good movies existed until I was about 12, you know, up until that point, like, so figure I'm, I was born in 79. So figure all the eighties, it's just popcorn. And, and, and these are, I mean, great movies, movies that still hold up, but I, I don't think I really appreciated the medium until the, you get into the early nineties. And at that point, honestly, it's like 92 is when it really hooked in for me. So I would say like to to answer that, I'd probably say Unforgiven was probably the first movie that I really realized was a great movie and like changed things for me. You know, like it wasn't like later movies that like blew my mind. Like it's not that kind of movie, but it was still like you could see it's operating in a slightly different way and it's just it, it wasn't the kind of popcorn kids stuff you're watching before that. even though i'm 12 but like you guys all get this like oh, yeah. you talk to regular people it's like oh i didn't realize you know kids movies or whatever i was still watching kids movies when i was you know until i was 18 but you know when you really are into movies like i think around that age is when you're really you just really start recognizing stuff and um yeah and so yeah i think unforgiven was probably it for me
2: oh that's a good one yeah that's, that's a, a great one to- yeah
5: oh
0: love unforgiven yeah still holds up
2: absolutely
0: yeah. um but yeah that's one of eastwood's absolute best and gene oh, hackman in that gene movie. Hackman. Oh, so great dude. in that movie we, oh we had a hackathon yeah. last year and and there's so many good amazing hackman performances but unforgiven yeah. is top five for sure oh, at, yeah. at least absolutely I miss,
4: I
5: miss gene hackman so much yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a shame he doesn't so do more he's shame he retired yeah. when he did so yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah.
1: but it leaves you wanting more right i mean yeah. at least it didn't overdo it but yeah
2: I mean, apparently Robert De Niro was in some movie called like Grandpa Fight War or something <laughs> with some little kid that I just yeah. saw on Google. I'm like, what? Yeah. It had yeah. to be like a straight to DVD. At least, yeah, straight to stream. I'm like, oh no, De Niro, what are you doing? It was, um, it was straight to Pandemic. That's yeah, what. yeah. <laughs> right um yeah. but is there and well i mean this is kind of a weird question because since you've again you went through the the life examination but is there something in that the those lists of films or or even recently in this this horrible year that we've had um that a film sort of like you rediscovered and maybe sort of saw differently or just you know Yes, change things.
5: I did. So my pandemic has been I, I, I mean, I haven't been leaving the house. So basically, it's been this year round film festival for me. So I'm watching tons and tons of movies and really like yeah. trying to see stuff I've never seen and really putting in some time. And I want to say the one of the rare movies I've watched more than once in the last year um, that was I, I loved it when I was a kid. And then I hated it because as everybody else will recognize, it's a terrible movie, but I've rediscovered it and really enjoy it. And that's Superman 3. Ooh,
6: I, I, oh find,
5: I find Superman 3 endlessly watchable, and I have no idea why. Like, I didn't see it for probably 25 years, and now I've watched it tw- at least twice in the last year. And wow. like, I don't, it's a terrible Superman movie, but it's a really fun movie. <laughs> like, is that, is that Bizarro Superman? Is that yeah. Superman 3 Yeah, the Bizarro Richard Superman, Richard Pryor, oh, that I weird that. video game sequence where yeah. he's like flying, but they're watching it as a video game. And right. the and, funky lady gets trapped in the machine at the end. Yeah. The, yeah. It's oh, yeah. so good. But like, they have like a ski slope on top of their building and like- Rank. He what goes home that? for like yeah. he goes back to Smallville for that reunion like there, and there's all that potato salad and I don't know what's going on <laughs> but like there's something about that movie mm-hmm. and I I just I I when I was a kid I I had a poster in my room of Superman carrying and Richard Pryor
3: right. and like
5: just loved it and then everybody hated it so I was like ah eventually I got away from it and it's not a good Superman movie but man recent years yeah, really got back into it
1: <laughs> it's it's not a bad Superman movie. I mean, four
5: four is a bad superman four, I mean, four is
1: bad four, four is, is real bad it is way
5: better than four i would take it yeah. over the re- i mean most of the recent superman movies too it's I, yeah I, I, I really hate man of steel and yeah. batman versus superman i hate them yeah yeah um uh, not a fan
1: uh, yeah. uh, that scene with richard Pryor where he has to like turn the dual keys like that's classic yeah. that's hilarious yeah. he's, like, hold,
5: he's holding up the guy who's drunk and passed out yeah. and like you know <laughs> Yeah, it is a great. I haven't thought about that movie movie. in forever. Yeah, Richard Pryor's amazing. Wonderful Richard Pryor movie. Yeah, Yeah. Richard Pryor was criminally underused in movies. Like the greatest stand-up comedian of all time, and really did not have that many really good movies. Like
2: that's a that's a Richard Pryor movie. It's not really a Superman movie. yeah, right. right. It's almost like they had a
0: script for a Richard Pryor movie that they wrote Superman into. Yeah, it's a Richard Pryor movie co-starring Superman. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
2: Right.
5: (laughs) It was to the point Margot Kidder saw that and she was like, I'm not doing this. You okay, <laughs> can't make no. me
2: do this. No.
3: No. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh man. Wow. That's a great pick. That's a great that's a great film to, to come back to and rediscover. And, I, and that's that's out of the box thinking. I, I was really joy. excited that I, I really got back into it. <laughs> um that's uh and so yeah, because yeah, you've been trapped indoors like the like the rest of us. Uh, yeah. movies are are what you love, Kurt Russell one of the one of the people that is in some of those movies you love
5: right yeah. so we're i've watched a lot of kurt
2: russell movies lately it seems
5: i watched the computer oh, yeah. wore tennis shoes yesterday i
3: watched wow. it today <laughs>
2: oh how fun is that
5: movie
0: it's good it's, yeah
2: it's fun yeah
0: <laughs> i watch the we thing did. every day <laughs> it's, it's every running day. in my head all the time so i watch <laughs> it while i eat breakfast <laughs>
2: yeah, Right. Um, so mm-hmm. we're you know we're wishing him a happy birthday here. You know we're we're so glad you join us again, Joe. We got to get you back on the show, ASAP. So Absolutely. We're, we're figuring out our agenda. So yeah, that, let me know. Oh, having you only in one episode per hundred is not that's not no, a good number. No, one out of every hundred. One percent of episodes feature Joe. That's crazy. Thanks. Well, two two percent th- now. It tickles may- me
0: to no end when my name comes up in an episode. Though. I'll tell you <laughs> yeah. that much. Thank, I think yeah. maybe a good idea for something we can talk about some point soon. Is maybe uh, about somebody named Tackleberry or mm. or uh, um, Hightower yeah. or Hooks any of and, that that yeah. gang in Police Academy. So, nice, I
5: I could I could get down with that yeah. Academy. Good, a good
0: and classic. Yeah, <laughs> big
2: Mahoney fan.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, well, Joe, thank you for joining us. The party is going. Keep keep thank keep you enjoying yourself. Uh, if you want, you can wish Kurt a happy birthday on your way out. And then, oh. you know, I know we'll be seeing you again soon, right?
5: absolutely yeah you just you just let me know and yeah to to the great kurt russell i mean you know just 70 years and going strong and i you know he's one of my two favorite actors in his family i'm a big fan so <laughs> just keep on keeping on guys yeah. and uh <laughs> yeah happy birthday
2: thank you guys thanks joe thank you so
5: All much right,
0: we'll see you joe we'll talk I- you have a good time at the party take care <laughs> what a joy what that what Joe is an all-star joy
2: having Joe back uh, to rejoin us. I mean, and to talk Kurt, I mean, boy, what isn't this just the best time guys? Are we just having a
0: blast here? I'm, I'm having a great time. I can talk about Kurt all day. I can talk about our show and how much I love doing it with you guys and great guests like, like John and Joe and, and uh, just, I'm looking forward to the next thousand episodes we're going to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's to Kurt's 70th birthday
2: and to 70 more. And, our 100 and for the next what we still have what 58 years on our contract oh, oh my god yeah. yeah yeah so we got it's we funny
1: got, two guests two overboard
2: yeah uh, it's crazy
1: that's yeah. a popular yeah. it's a runaway train
0: yeah i feel like i feel like overboard is going to be a recurring theme <laughs> <laughs> maybe we to wor- work in overboard every episode now <laughs> yeah um but yeah we're you're talking about kurt's career you know after silkwood uh, another string of movies that I'm not super familiar with, Swing Shift. I've always heard good things about it. Of course, that's the movie really where he connects with Goldie Hawn and and where they they never have gotten married, but that's where they started uh, dating and, and became a couple. And I, I'm curious to see it just, just because of that. Um, there's also The Mean Season, which uh, I've, again, got terrible reviews when it came out, but I have a feeling it's going to be one of those that's aged better, but another serious movie where he plays a reporter. Um, who's seen... What about The Best of Times? Have you guys seen that one? I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's but that's the one with Robin Williams, and it's uh, directed by Roger Spotswood, who we recently talked about briefly when we covered Shoot to Kill a couple months ago. Oh, yeah. Spotswood. 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 Uh, uh, but that brings yeah. us to collaboration number four with john carpenter oh boy! that's right it's big trouble in little china
1: this
3: Mm -hmm.
6: one
1: this one you guys this is the one
0: this this is it right here
1: this is the one (laughs) this is the one this is the one for me for sure anytime i think of kurt russell this is the movie that i immediately think of when i think of him like it is and then and then everything else just falls Falls in order behind it, but this is absolutely this is like for me quintessential Kurt Russell, like without a doubt.
0: Absolutely, yeah. This was uh, I saw th- this. Uh, there's actually a number of Kurt Russells that are in my grandma collection. That's that's movies that I saw in the theater with my grandma when I was really young, uh, and this I loved it. I saw it in the theater. I think I only saw it once, but I loved it. Loved the the Drew Struzan poster. It's yeah. probably my all time favorite poster, just because there's so much there's so much life to it. Yeah. the strews and posters like why he's so great is that he can he can give you the sense the feeling of the movie through the poster he really captures like the adventure of, of raiders of the lost ark and the indiana jones movies and star wars and and uh you know this is another one that that just kind of like there's so many different things going on in this movie it's just but fun is is uh the key word for me here and and kurt's perfect for it he's perfect as jack burton
1: Yeah I mean I I couldn't agree more and what's funny though what I found like in the years since and more recently is that there's 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 definitely a divide like there are people there's like two sides to this there are people who love this movie and people who cannot stand this movie and it's like it's hard to find people in between I I for me, it's my favorite, like, it is my favorite, I mean, you know, I, I, I love this movie, I love everything about it, it is whimsical, and fun, and just the fantasy, you know, like, this movie can't, you know, like, I don't know, there's a couple movies from this time, like, just kind of that, that fantastic, kind of, kind of, um, fantasy theme to it, this, like, The Golden Child, like, things mm-hmm. like those movies, and, and this one is, is one of my tops, for sure, I was fortunate enough, uh, back in, like, uh, this is like six, five years ago now. They at Beyond Fest. They did a, uh, a 30th anniversary, 35 millimeter screening of of Big Trouble in Little China, and a friend of mine named Josh Pruitt, who I used to work with, invited me to go. And it was awesome because it was like uh, there was a panel, and uh, like James Gunn was there. Uh, they brought in Kurt Russell. James Gunn was kind of like uh, emceeing because he and Kurt Russell were doing. Guardians, uh, right. Guardians volume two at the time. And, and, uh, you know, Kurt came out and did a whole, they did like 45 minute interview and conversation and talking about things. And it's just, then we got to all watch, you know, the, the, kind of the, the new print, the 35 millimeter print. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was an awesome time and it, and it rekindled my love for this movie that, that, uh, you know, I hadn't seen in a while since then, but, but uh, yeah, anytime I think of Kurt, this is the movie that that, that pops to mind for sure.
0: It, it, for me too, it's, that's, it's the movie. When you say Kurt, even though it's not my absolute favorite, it's up there. And the one that pops in my head is is Jack Burton. Oh, wait, there's a, oh, somebody's knocking on the door. Hang on oh. one second. Let's. oh my God. Well, per, uh, figures, as soon as we're talking about Big Trouble in Little China, it's straight from the recording studio. It's EK Wimmer. Welcome back, buddy
7: hey guys hey pal how's
0: it going <laughs> how are you
7: good my ears were burning
0: hey, EK, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> <Doing> well. <laughs> now we haven't had ek hasn't been with us since uh we talked about assault on precinct 13 i think was the last time you stopped by
7: well, that's correct
0: other than that we feel your presence every week through the theme song so <laughs>
3: absolutely
0: <laughs> that's right
2: well, and it's it's uh, you know we're talking Carpenter. There's no you did our theme song, and I think you know one of the main driving notes of of create help helping craft that theme was be to be Carpenter esque, right? It was like that was sort of what we were going for with that.
7: That was because if I remember correctly, your your debut episode was Escape from New York, and yeah. we had kind of bonded over our love for Kurt Russell and John Carpenter, and the marching orders were. What if what if we made the theme a little pork chop expression you know like give it a little bit of that big trouble vibe yeah and and then mixed it with a little like oingo boingo <laughs> it's kind yeah. of what i did <laughs> Yeah.
3: <laughs>
7: so like
2: perfect timing for you to show up at the the 100th episode celebration party right yeah. when we were we we're going through kurt's career and oh, and zeroing yeah. in right on big trouble uh so that, that's that's serendipitous
7: uh, that's kismet. I, I don't know. That's something. <laughs> I, I guess, or maybe it's just that we all constantly think about Kurt Russell. <laughs>
2: and just our energies collided.
1: <laughs> He's woven into the fabric of our life. He is. He is. Yeah. that's true.
0: Uh, Ek, you know, so we're we're kind of walking through Kurt's career and uh, uh. talking about our own personal Kurt memories. But what's uh, what's what's your favorite Kurt movie? What's whether it's his performance or the movie as a whole, what, what sticks out for you? I have a few through the years that have really stood
7: out. Um, I mean, I think big trouble is going to be my go-to for the one I love the most, the one I think of when I think of Kurt, but there's a couple others that, that are amazing and sometimes get overlooked. My, Another big one would be Captain Ron. I think Captain Ron's an incredible film. Nice. Yeah, especially when he captures the fly (laughs) and then lets it go. It reminds me of It's All in the Reflexes from Big Trouble. It's like a little throwback. And uh, I really love, you know, Stuntman Mike from Death Proof. I think seeing him come up in that role was really cool. Introducing him to maybe a younger audience that didn't know quite how awesome he was and the thing about him is every role he's in he just looks glorious he's got this amazing hair and this charm and so I feel like with those three roles you kind of track them through different periods of his career but they're Mm -hmm. all they're so incredible and he's got this way of being himself but also transforming into these characters you know and uh those would probably be some of my favorites not necessarily the one that drew me in but definitely the ones that stand out when i think about kurt russell
0: those are great picks those are great choices captain ron that's uh i wouldn't have i wouldn't have predicted that one from you
7: yeah yeah oh i love captain ron (laughs) that's such a that
0: that is such a different role for him and and kurt's Mm -hmm. his career has really like changed over the years and he really tried to break away from Uh, some of the lighthearted stuff that he was doing in the 80s and get really serious in the the very end of the 80s and into the 90s. And then Captain Ron is like, whoa, what? Like, total about face from that. I think that's why I liked it is I just got to see a
7: different side of him. And he did it so naturally. It didn't, you know, sometimes when actors try and go a little outside of their wheelhouse, it feels uncomfortable. I felt like, man, is there anything this guy can't do? He Mm -hmm. just does it so well.
0: Yeah, and then, You know, with Death Proof, I actually haven't, I don't think I've seen Death Proof. It was, it was, those came out when I was in a bit of a, like, not into Tarantino phase for me, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, him being in, especially in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think, and and those Death Proof, and he's in Grindhouse as Stuntman Mike as well, right? Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. those helped introduce him to a younger audience, because it felt like he had been gone for the early, to, you know, the, the late two thousands, you know, right before those, he, he really hooked up with Tarantino. So it was a chance for an audience, a younger audience to get to know him a little bit. And, and then guardians too came and then he was, you know, of course, yeah. in like number one movie again. So um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, but his hair in those movies, you're right. That glorious hair. Ooh, yeah. What, what do you think like the top, Okay. So Kurt's known for his big hair, right? Like what is the biggest hair? Which role had the biggest hair? Is it overboard? Tango and cash? Big trouble? Guardians too? Had a pretty big hairstyle. Pretty big hair. Yeah. I don't know. What
7: if I, what if I threw in a curveball and said uh, his Santa Claus role? (laughs) (laughs) It's gotta
0: be huge to be Santa.
2: The Chronicles of Santa Claus, right? Christmas, or what is it called? Chris, Christmas, yeah, Chronicles. Christmas Chronicles. Christmas Chronicles, part one uh, and part two, right?
1: Yeah, that might, <laughs> that you might be right on the nose with that one, EK, just because uh, I think they really played it up because yeah. of that,
7: right? <laughs> and he's got his beard, so it's like double glory. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Uh, yeah he, that, uh, I haven't seen the second one, but it's crazy to me that that was like the number one Netflix movie recently.
7: It's so Just good said, too.
0: Yeah. Is it? People- is it good?
7: I
1: mean, they're oh fun. yeah, yeah, they're fun. They're good. They're cute little Christmas movies.
0: Yeah, for what yeah. they're family films. So they're they're yeah, what they for are.
1: Sure. I mean, Curtin, like I'm, how that gonna be? They're fun. Why I watch he, it. He's a great. He's a great Santa.
0: He's, what What is he not great at? That's what I I'd, I'd like to know.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Yet to be determined. Having bad hair. <laughs>
0: never (laughs) i i think i for me i think his
2: gabe cash hair is yes for me like the perfect hair like you know i mean he's he's had that cut and different things different he's probably had bigger you know like you said bigger cuts in santa as santa but i don't know the gabe cash feathered but like poof thing just and it's perfect and it's it's uh, it's a perfect mane so when i
0: think of his hair i actually think of gabe cash's hair yeah Uh, well, because yeah. you've gotten big trouble. It's like tall, but then yeah. in, you know, Overboard and Tango and Cash it starts growing out and wa- <laughs> like just, it's just huge. It's just, it's another whole character. It's like the third partner in Tango and Cash's uh, team.
2: <laughs> Tango and
0: Cash and Cash's heir. <laughs> we need a name for that. Um, um, so, cool. you know, E.K., we're, we've been talking about, obviously on the show, we talk about movies that, that stand out for us and movies that are important to us and made us kind of fall in love with, with film. What, uh, what was the first, what's a movie that really stood out from your youth that really like turned the lights on about film for you?
7: Well, you know, interesting that we would be on this topic because I would say one of the most impactful films just that made me want to get into filmmaking to begin with was Escape from New York. And I think not only because of John Carpenter in the score, but the character of Snake I just thought was so incredibly cool. And mm. I'm a big fan of Italian post-apocalyptic films from the 80s too, which all they tried to do was replicate Snake. So you're seeing these, you know, ripple effects of of that character throughout other cultures and other films trying to capture that lightning in the bottle again and not quite doing it, you know, I think uh, my dad when we just got a vcr for the very first time in the 80s he brought home a couple homemade tapes that his coworker had made and you know handwritten on the side and one of them was escape from new york and mm-hmm. i put it in and i instantly was in love and i watched it like you know saturday morning cartoon idea i would just throw on that tape and watch it religiously and and i i fell in love so kurt for me also became one of the first real like badass guys that I, I I didn't grow up with Eastwood and all those. My dad did, you know, but Kurt was my generations of like, that's the guy I want to be like, you know, with Snake. So that, that would be the one for me, for sure.
0: Nice. That's, yeah, that's funny that it, it all kind of collides with Kurt for a lot of us. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think Big Trouble, we, we've talked about Overboard a little bit, was uh, a, a movie that a lot of us seem to gravitate to but escape is such a uh, such a big one in his career i mean that was that was again like such a step forward from what he'd been doing i, I know you just you just watched elvis recently didn't you or you yeah that would it up? be
7: yeah that would be the most recent thing i've seen him in uh that was a hard one to track down and i have every john carpenter film on vhs in my collection and that was the only one i was missing because everybody forgets about it because it was a TV movie right uh you know and it was the first time they had ever worked together and so I always wanted to see it and I'm not a huge Elvis fan but I'm obviously a huge Russell and Carpenter fan so yeah I watched it for the first time and I was blown away I mean it's it has no business being a TV movie it's really really good and his performance he doesn't do the vocals you know he doesn't do the singing voice but man, the second he enters that screen, he's believable as Elvis. I mean, he's the perfect cast. And uh, what a way to start a, a partnership. And I could see why Carpenter would immediately go right back to him in a, over and over and over.
0: Oh, yeah. he's He was, I mean, that collaboration was, was genius. It, it was brilliant. All, all the films, maybe except the last one. What are you uh, what are your thoughts on since you love escape from New York so much what are your what's your feeling about escape from LA? <laughs> uh
7: I could have done without the surfing mm. stuff, you know. Yeah. It reminds me of Die Another <laughs> Day. Remember that Bond film? Oh, yeah. That's when it the nail in the coffin for me was on that film, the whole surfing thing too. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that was a just a trend at the time, but You know, there's elements I do like about it. I'm not going to lie. I also, because I love things like Ghost from Mars and stuff. So I'm a little bit more forgiving, but there's just nothing that can touch the nostalgia and that initial kind of jarring impact of seeing New York for the first time that Mm -hmm. you can't, I appreciate that they tried it, but it also explains why Ghost from Mars didn't become part three that it was intended to be, you know, they just rewrote it entirely because uh, LA just didn't work. So, yeah. you know, you win you
0: win some, you lose some. Well, LA was, I think, in a lot of ways, a rehash of New York. I mean, the formula is yeah. the same, the beats are the same. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, it's, it's almost the same movie. But I think the real behind the scenes thing that uh, the impact that Escape from LA had was that it turned people's eyes back to Escape from New York. So that mm-hmm. was when Brett and I were discussing it earlier that When Escape from L.A. came out, that's when we saw Escape from New York because of Escape from L.A. We're like, "Oh Oh, yeah, that was the like we hadn't seen it before." Then I think it was the same for a lot of people. Oh, it uh, gives you a chance to catch up on the original one.
7: Oh yeah, that's interesting. I you know for me, I just I think I went in a little uh, a little critical to begin with. I didn't feel like there needed to be a you know a sequel, Um, but because everybody was involved, I was willing to give it a chance. You know, it had a real trendy soundtrack too of the time. So that was working in its favor. There are a couple good songs. I have the cassette single of it or the soundtrack, but I, you know, ultimately like all those films, Vampire's the same way. The longer you get away from a film, the better you feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, him working with, Russell working with Carpenter, I, again, was a good idea. Uh, I would still love to see that happen again I hope so yeah I don't know if we'll get it or not
0: I don't know it's hard to tell what Carpenter's really you know he's very much into his music and I think that's where uh, you know you've seen him in concert how many times at least once right just once yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. I Uh, wish
7: I wish I could see him more
0: I know I think that's where his passion is right now, and I think he's enjoying the fact that people are appreciating his films so much. And I think Kurt is, you know, proud of that, too, especially I know about the thing that he's really uh, loves how much it's embraced now. And, um, you know, if only it had done well at the box office at the time, who knows what had happened. But yeah. (laughs) Um, we've also been talking about With the the kind of Tumultuous uh, 2020 that we've had and, and all of us have had so much time To rediscover uh, f- Rediscover films or discover Something that we hadn't seen before um, Is there anything that you I, I know obviously you do a lot of uh, Rewatching of films for your Podcast Laser Graves But uh, is there anything that you've Rediscovered in the past year that's come Back and you've got a new love for
7: Uh you know, I wouldn't say maybe rediscovered as much as I kind of caught up on some films that I had glossed over in his filmography, you know, that I, I meant to watch and never did. And uh, Mariah, my wife and my co-host of the, the podcast, we're both huge Kurt Russell fans. And we were talking about him one day, this is very recently, and we were thinking about films that we hadn't seen yet. And one of them that kept coming to the to the top of the top of the list for everybody I kept getting asked, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Was this film called Bone Tomahawk. Oh, and yeah. Uh. yeah, I had never seen it. And we threw it on and man, I was blown away. Not only by like the film's great. It's it's an awesome film, but Kurt's role is just so good. He plays the sheriff, like Sheriff Hunt. And he just has it. The moment he's on screen, he's got this presence about him. And we both looked at each other and we were like, damn, like, Again, what can't he do? He just, (laughs) bringing him onto a film, and you know, this is getting in the weeds, but we're all nerds about film, is if you look into that budget, uh, it wouldn't even pay for the catering for a film. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It must've been a passion project that he read and he just agreed to do, and maybe you guys will get into that later. But that's the first thing I did was looked at the budget and I was like, how in the hell did they get him And the second he's on screen to the moment he's not, it is incredible. So if any of you have not seen Bone Tomahawk and you're a Kurt Russell fan, do yourself a favor and check it out. It's it's gritty. It's out there.
0: But damn, it's It's, cool. It's gruesome in parts. It's it's tough. But uh, it's I would say for especially for later Kurt Russell, it's essential. I mean, he's so I agree with you completely. So strong.
1: It's it's hands down my favorite like more recent Kurt. I mean, I like, okay. I like once upon a time in Hollywood. Like, I think that's good. Um, but, but this is without a doubt, like, uh, I think his best movie of his recent work for sure.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I, I'm adding it to the queue. Jeez. Yeah. I missed yeah. it. Oh, Actually man. the guy who
1: directed it, uh, Craig, uh, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Zoller, maybe Zahler. Um, he's got a couple other movies that if you haven't seen, um, uh, are also absolutely worth checking out. Uh, it's uh, brawl in in Cell Block 99 and Dragged Across Concrete, or both. Oh, both. Okay, those are yeah. both good as well.
7: Hmm. Yeah, I just I, I had a lot of respect for Kurt Russell after that role because he could a he could have just phoned it in. B he could have just never even agreed to it because there's no budget. And when I say there's no budget, like yeah. literally there's no budget. Yeah, and you so can feel the it. Yeah, the fact well and what they did with it that, that he agreed to do it and then he came fully to the table ready and delivered probably one of the best performances he's done in years I, I was just so impressed and I already loved the guy but damn like, you know, to still be so committed to his craft this many years later, you know way to go. <laughs>
0: There's so much good, there's so much great Kurt to go around, you know? <laughs> there's plenty of Kurt There's great 90s there's... Kurt too, you know? There's yeah. Stargate and Backdraft. Oh, and... We haven't oh, even gotten no. to Stargate yet. Yeah, we're yeah, we can not even get out of the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs>
7: it's hard. Yeah. His 80s is strong.
0: Amazing. Uh yeah. Well, well, uh, EK, I know you're you're very busy. Uh we I, I want to just plug your show again, uh, Laser Graves. Uh fantastic show and i know you've kind of segued out of just strictly doing films and you're doing more pop culture kind of topics is there anything uh you want to hint at or, or some recent episodes you want to direct people to
7: yeah we've just been doing more kind of deep dives lately You know we did a big one on the life and times of Wee herman you know we've done just all kinds of fun quirky cool. characters that we like to look at bob ross was mm-hmm. another recent one love that one. and We'll still be doing movies for sure. We actually, our next one coming up is a movie, but it's less than a, rather than doing a walkthrough, it's more kind of what you guys do, where we just generally discuss it in broad terms and really soak it all in versus just going scene by scene. So mm-hmm. okay. yeah, we're, we're having a lot of fun. Yeah. Hey man, I just listened to your Gem in the Holograms uh, hey. uh, podcast.
1: <laughs> it's great. I work I work with a lady who is by far the biggest Gem in the Holograms uh, uh, fan I've ever come across in my, in my life. And, uh, I, I sent it along to her. She listened to it. She loved it. She, she even learned things that she didn't know about Gem and the holograms, which is (laughs) unbelievable to think about. And, uh, it's really, you guys are doing great work over there on laser graves. It's really, really good show.
7: Oh, thank you so much. That, that means a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, uh we'll uh let you get back to the studio and to working on laser graves and we look forward to uh seeing the next uh, few episodes you got coming your way. And and I you know, we gotta have you back on the show soon. There's uh I, I have an idea for a particular movie that we all love <laughs> that uh I, I think we're gonna have a good time talking about. <laughs> anytime. Anytime I'm here. All right. Thanks, man. Sounds exciting. Enjoy, enjoy the party. Uh we're all we're all gonna be it's gonna be going all night because you know we're it's still a week away from Kurt's actual birthday so this party might be going an extremely long time
7: well i'll be I'll be pardoned alongside so cheers to <laughs> kurt thanks for the years
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right we will uh we'll see you soon e k uh,
7: see you guys
2: Thanks. take care thanks eK see ya
0: oh wow oh, what a that joy was, that was great just another all these stop bys it's just warming my heart here uh, on the show and and I'm I feel so lucky that we've had such great people to come on the show and talk about uh, film with us and along with, of course with you guys
2: oh yeah I mean the fact that we can do this all together and uh, I, I love that we the the variety I mean every one of us enjoys movies for different reasons and and you know, when it was just John and I for those those first episodes and and then now and then Brent and, and it's the three of us talking and then all of our guests and now all of them all of our guests we've ever had are, are appearing. They they keep showing up to this and we're fighting we're learning new things about our love of films uh, together. And boy, it just just warms my heart. I th- think, you know I it's,
0: I threw up the the Kurt symbol in the air, like like the bat symbol, right? it's it's just a mullet it <laughs> yeah. is it's
1: just his hair right like it's just and,
0: and that's the invitation to the party and everyone yeah. they just come flocking
1: yeah this is this is cool david to your point man i uh, having everybody kind of kind of drop in and you know it's like the recon cinema clip show like it's just it's really exciting uh and uh, you know I, I i really thank you guys for letting me you know, join you and be a part of this thing, but to, to hit your 100th episode, you know, like that's no joke. That's yeah. congrats for sure.
0: And going yeah. strong and, you know, really like our lit- listenership has been increasing, you know, we've had uh, some of our best months have been the recent months and, and uh, thank you to everybody for, for listening. We just, you know, we're, we're not done here yet by any means. We have so much more to talk about and so much more Kurt to talk about. Yeah. Where, <laughs> did, where did we leave off with our boy? We, we, uh, I mean, we left he's... off with, big trouble and then which is immediately followed by overboard which i think we've kind of covered overboard and yeah a lot of love for it you know there's
1: a lot of love for
0: overboard um but that's the movie you know again all these movies are not really financially successful and and it's not really looking good for kurt as a leading man at this point believe it or not
2: yeah so like he's struggling to uh to book the big the big things right
0: yeah well you know i I listened to the commentary on the blu-ray of big trouble in little china and he talks about how you know they expected big trouble to be a huge movie it tested so well the audiences loved it and there was a lot of political problems with fox going on at the time and the movie was basically sabotaged um Mm -hmm. the release was the promotion wasn't there it was barely put out in theaters and it was taken away quickly and brushed under the rug. And that was devastating um, because that should have been the, the huge movie for Carpenter and for Kurt. And now, and he was very worried he wasn't going to really be a leading actor anymore. So he shifts gears, um, you know, he, again, overboard was successful. So that's sort of his first hit right there. Um, But he doesn't want to be known as this lighthearted hearted you know, guy. So he turns and starts doing uh more serious the next couple of films are more serious films, tequila sunrise <clears throat> excuse me, tequila sunrise and winter people, which I haven't seen tequila in a long time, but I remember being so excited. It's like it's Mel Gibson, it's it's uh Michelle Pfeiffer, it's Kurt Russell all together, and uh the trailers looked amazing. Uh did you have you guys seen tequila sunrise? No, sorry sorry Kurt. Okay, if well, i have
1: it it has not left an impression on me
0: yeah i that's it it i was excited about it and then it came out and was like oh not you know and again kurt's great in it it's just the film as a whole doesn't quite come together um winter people immediately after that i had thought that was one uh, that was an early 80s film but it really wasn't it um It was another sort of low-budget, kind of quietly came out there, wasn't a huge release. Uh, Feels like more of an independent film, but again, a serious note for him. But then, the epic. We've covered it here a couple of years ago already. Uh, Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash, everybody. (laughs) With the
2: Stallone. With, with Stallone. The, the Stallone, the Stallone. I mean, <laughs> yes, there is a Frank Stallone, but that's not the Stallone we're talking about. <laughs> when we say the. Stallone. He is he is
1: a Stallone, but he not is Stallone. the.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Um, this yeah, is another Tangle. one. Oh, sorry, David. Go ahead. I, I was
2: gonna say Tango and Cash, the team up, the the 80s. This this makes this makes Kurt a, a hero. I mean, Big Trouble kind of started that like that idea. Like, I mean, he was already an action star with with uh, Escape. And, you know, he does all these dramatic things, comes in, does, does trouble. Then he's in overboard, more drama. And then now he's in a, he's on, he's just a cop who does,
0: who doesn't play by the rules. And he's, he's going for it with Stallone. And boy, what a fun time. (laughs) I mean, he's right there on the marquee. I mean, Stallone is, is just coming off the height of his career but still, as the you know top two action star in the country, and Kurt's like right with him in that, and and, and it's great. I mean, their camaraderie in that—it's I love Tango and Cash. Uh, yeah. I, I have so much fun with it. It's one—it's like this lighthearted action comedy, really. That uh, I think you can just throw on when you want to have a good time. Yeah, we yeah, weren't absolutely.
2: on the episode with us, Brent. So, like, what, what what's your Tango and Cash uh,
0: feelings?
1: Yeah, no, I I was not on the episode with you guys. Although it was a great episode, really enjoyed listening to it. But I, I I'm with John. Like this is one of those movies that I could put on and just just uh, watch anytime. I mean, it it's it's you know it doesn't hold as uh, sacred a spot in my heart as like a big trouble does, but it's certainly one of the movies when when I th- think about Kurt Russell, it, you know, it's it's right there. It pops right in my mind and and i really really love it i mean the, the dude's got a, a gun boot you know i mean you can't that gun boots legit you know i
0: mean <laughs> gun boot oh man who doesn't have it? come on <laughs> and the laser uh, sight on the gun too right? oh my goodness uh. so
1: unnecessary it's just <laughs> it's it's such it's one of those like just great um over the top kind of 80s action like unnecessary things on top of unnecessary things just like dripping with with like machismo but it's just so much fun to sit and watch and have Stallone and Russell just like jab at each other and yeah I really enjoy this one quite a
3: bit
0: it's like Lethal Weapon but with a a steroid injection of fun
3: Yeah,
1: I mean it's right up there it's like Lethal Weapon or your Beverly Hills cop or you know I mean it's that it's that kind of. I mean, this one has a little less comedy, but I mean, there's still those those elements in it, right? Like, oh yeah, well, the well I mean, those, back and forth and
0: the, those movies, Lethal and and Beverly Hills Cop have, you know, some serious, like really serious moments in them, the, the sure. first ones, but also like layered with comedy. This to me, like, is just so much more lighthearted. Like, there's yeah. really no. Uh, you're never really worried that they're in danger or they're gonna die and you right, know right. it's it keeps it keeps it light and that's why I just describe it as fun so yeah absolutely. it's a great
2: it's a great way to, for Kurt to end the in the 80s yeah, uh, I think. yeah and then, absolutely And then I think the 90s are such a a, a departure from all of this like I mean it's like it er, the 90s sort of solidify everything that his earlier career was hinting at you know you kind of get yeah. the best of everything um for all his 90s movies.
0: Yeah, well, by by that point, you know he'd he'd cemented himself as an as an A list star. You know he's top billed uh, on all of these. Uh, you know the next movie he does is Backdraft, which is a totally an all star cast and and Ron Howard. So oh. uh, you know again, at the beginning of the peak of Ron Howard's career, you know Backdraft, I, I, people are divided on it. A lot of people think it's a, a bullshit movie. Um, oh, I. Yeah i i enjoy it i think he's he's his performance in it is really strong as is robert de niro as is donald sutherland as is so many people in the film jt walsh who showed up in a lot of Kurtz movies um i'm a fan of it i get that yeah it's of course it's ridiculous some of the action and spots but uh uh, it's. I think it, you can have a, a good time with the film still.
1: I mean, it's certainly it certainly got you know it certainly has that '90s glossy Hollywood storytelling thing going on for it. I mean, it's it's you know Ron Howard is Opie, you know and it's yeah. like you know like that that kind of seeps through. I feel like in in a lot, especially a lot of his early um, um, storytelling. But I, I think it's absolutely watchable. I remember it being a fairly big deal when it came out like it, it was it was one of the bigger movies of i think of, at least in my memory of the year um you know i i enjoy it
0: yeah and and you know it just he rolls along Have you, what about unlawful entry like that's a that's a strong that's another strong movie it's him it's ray Liotta, it's a Uh, I have not seen it in a long time, but I remember really, you know, it's an intense movie. It it was, I remember it being really good. Madeline Stowe.
2: Yeah. I feel like I had seen it once, but I don't, I really don't remember it. I don't think I, I gave it enough attention or something, but yeah, that's one of them. Like
0: it's a thriller. It's a cop thriller. Um, I, I think a cop turned bad sort of who's harassing this husband and wife. Um, which is Kurt Russell and Madeline Stowe, and and mm-hmm. Ray Liotta is intense as the villain and and creepy and always uh, is. Uh, <laughs> Ray Liotta's intense, him. yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's a great film. We talked about Captain Ron, like another about face, right back to lighthearted comedy. There, uh, him and Martin Short. Who would have thought? But a great, great uh, duo there. And Mary Kay Place. Come on, oh yeah. That's I might so have fun.
1: to. I might have to. Uh, to go back and rewatch Captain Ron, I'm yeah. feeling like tonight might be a Captain Ron night. For me. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> well, we're in, in Cinema 12, in Screening Room 12, we've got Kurt films going all night long, so the there. party keeps rolling. We uh, Tombstone is the next film uh, that he does. We talked a little bit about Tombstone on our wide Earp episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I've never really been a huge Tombstone fan. Mm. I, I, I feel like. Part of it is the character that that Kurt is I I felt I always felt like Kurt was a little flat in Tombstone, but Mm -hmm. that's also the wider character. So I I think it's being intentionally played that way. But the the bigger behind the scenes story was that Kurt unofficially directed that movie. Oh, there's there's a whole drama that, you know, one day we will cover that film and and discuss it. But uh, the original director was fired. George P. Cosmatos was brought in um, on the recommendation of, of uh, Andrew Vajna, the producer, and Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone, who had worked with him on Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Uh, but the deal was sort of that it, it was Kurt's show, and George was going to sit in the chair, but Kurt was really calling the shots. And. Uh, he said he would not let that out while George was alive, and when George passed away, there it came. So mm. um, he's talked about uh, re-editing the film and putting a director's cut or pro- whatever producers cut out um, that would tell a very different story. So I'm intrigued if that ever happens.
1: Hmm. Uh, see, I see. I so at the time, I, I've grown to appreciate Wyatt Earp more over time. But when these came out so close together, I was a much bigger Tombstone fan than I was Wyatt Earp. And I kind of, you know, like Tombstone, I kind of liken it to, it's, you know, like kind of a more updated Young Guns, you know, like it's just kind of like that fun Western action movie. Don't know how like historically accurate it is, but Mm -hmm. it's a good time. And, uh, you know, like there were so many just bits in it that like set pieces that that I enjoyed, you know. I mean, with with Val Kilmer and and uh, you know, I mean, the the cast in Tombstone is pretty uh, incredible, impressive. And, yeah, very, Michael
0: Bean, Michael Bean, and Kurt Russell in the same movie. I mean, I mean,
1: yeah, you got yeah, exactly. Like, how did the world even exist after that's, that? That's Mount I mean, Rush.
0: That's half of Mount Rushmore right there. <laughs> there
1: is, but I mean, it's like I mean, everybody's in this movie. It's it's Bill Paxton, Sam Elliott, Powers Booth. You know, yeah. a lot of really talented Jason,
0: Jason Priestley, Billy Jason Zane, Jason Priestley. They're all here. Um,
1: Stephen Lang. I mean, Thomas Hayden Church. For goodness sakes, is in this is in this movie. Like it's it's uh it's pretty impressive. And and at the time, like uh, I really really enjoyed this movie quite a bit uh, in the in the nineties.
2: So many powerful Hollywood mustaches. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of mustaches, yeah. a Lot yeah. of mustaches.
1: Sam Elliott taught them all how to do it.
2: <laughs> yeah
1: he was. he was the mustache wrangler on that he, he was <laughs> Speaking oh boy of legends. who's here uh-huh.
0: guys it's our it's our dear personal longtime friend returning to the show for the first time in a long time too long it's joel sweeney welcome back joel
8: i am so excited to be here
0: what are you all up to oh we're <laughs> we're celebrating our 100 episodes here and we're Woo-hoo! talking about yeah of which you were a part of, uh, and we're also talking about a lot about Kurt Russell. So, um, well, you know, dive in here.
8: Yeah, well, in honor of Kurt Russell, um, and really one of his underrated performances in Fast and the Furious Seven. Ooh, yes. Was, I'm drinking okay. uh, wait, hold on. Uh, I'm drinking an, a Belgian ale mm. because Mr. Nobody loved him some Belgian ales. And they also happen to be one of my favorite uh, drinks. So I'm having a nice uh, Belgian ale as we, as we talk about us- Kurt.
2: That seems extremely appropriate. I like that. It does. You what know, an honor. And I, him
8: I, him. I like the contrast between, you know, Kurt's very, very, I feel more educated character drinking the Belgian ale versus Vin Diesel's who loves the Corona.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's, that's much more your nobody, speed, Joel.
8: Nobody loves
1: Corona right
0: now. <laughs> oh <laughs> amazing they're still in business so yeah. oh my
8: gosh so 100 episodes guys congratulations thank oh, you thank thanks.
0: you and we uh we loved having you on our our almost famous episode back in was that year two i think that was uh I,
8: I don't know was that 1947 when i was on there <laughs> I, I, it was so long ago. I, I don't recall at all
0: well uh, you know, that's a, uh, that was a personal favorite uh, of yours uh, and, and mine as well. Love, love that right. film. Did,
8: did, did we see that in the theater?
0: I'm did
1: sure. I'm sure we did. And then I think we watched it probably 75 to 80 <laughs> yeah. times uh, when it came out on, in DVD. Like, yes. I, I know for a while, for sure, that movie was, was a centerpiece to just about everything we did mm-hmm. uh, uh, in our day-to-day.
0: Yes,
8: like it, and it, 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 and as as the, the episode shows, it's it's it held up. It's held up already.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I it's mean, a great movie. we. I think we identified some some problematic things that yeah. that were that in that movie. That, still. Is yeah. Not appropriate it's tough. Yeah, but yeah. you know maybe that didn't stand out when we first saw it. But that's no, you know, again. No. That's what we do here on the show. We, we, we grow. At, we learn. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so Joel what uh, we're talking about Kurt here Mm -hmm. what was the uh, what was the first Kurt movie that really kind of stood out for you is there is there any particular one
8: I think it's got to be like for probably a lot of y'all like Big Trouble in Little China Mm -hmm. I think was the first one but I also feel like like that's the first movie that I was like oh it's a it's Kurt Russell movie but I also feel like Kurt's kind of been like the sky or the air he's just always been around Mm -hmm. you know like it's like oh he was also in this or oh this was something he did as well so it's like it's hard for me to think about like what was the first one I ever saw him in because I feel like I've seen him in so much like I remember how it had to be like fifth grade we I saw a backdraft in the theater Mm -hmm you yeah. know and i'm like and to me that's not even like a kurt russell movie. is he even like the lead in that or
0: i think i have to look but i think he's top build in it because okay. you know like he has the biggest role um well he's the star with the I mean, biggest it's his, role
1: it's his story though right i mean it's it's, it's really his...
0: william baldwin's story uh, uh yeah you know because he's the younger brother and i'd say billy baldwin's really the lead but Kurt is the star at the time. De Niro's a bigger star, but has a right, smaller right. role. So,
8: And so I feel like he's been in a lot of uh, those types of roles. Because he, and like, ensemble things are I kind of what I remember him best for. Where like, Big Trouble is like, okay, he's the star of that. But I think like, like y'all were just talking about Tombstone. Um, you know, like, that was an amazing movie as well. Um, Absolutely. And, and honestly, recently, Uh, What was it? Death Proof. Mm. Yeah, I really liked him in Death Proof. I thought he was really good in that
0: Stuntman Mike.
8: Stuntman Mike. Oh, and that was creepy too. He was a creepy dude in that.
0: And you know, there's a whole we we talked a bit about this in our I think was our Reservoir Dogs episode, right, David? We talked about the lore of Tarantino and and how uh, you know all his films are connected. So right, the supposedly. That stuntman Mike would be the grandson of uh, stuntman Randy from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, okay, ah, okay. Yeah. So there's your your connection there. That's fun. <laughs> that's what at least that's what Quentin told me uh, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> when he. he- he couldn't here we, be
0: here today for Kurt's uh, celebration, so he stopped by yesterday, and and uh, we we had a lot of alcohol. He,
2: yeah, he dropped off a bottle of wine for the party, and mm-hmm. and, and you guys talk Kurt cases, yeah. cases Quentin, of wine. Oh, okay. right, a case, a couple cases of wine.
8: It was for a couple Coppola wine. Yeah,
2: right.
1: It's hard to get Quentin to stop telling stories
2: <laughs> and <you> know,
1: <laughs> always working on his character development. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah.
0: Um, Joel, so obviously we talk a lot about the films we, we loved growing up here. Uh, what, um, what's a movie that really, you know, turned, t- like I, I said earlier, turned the lights on uh, for you about, about film, something that really, you know, hit home with you?
8: Well, I feel like the, the movies I grew up with are kind of the similar ones that y'all um, did, you know, The Young Guns. Mm, Which David mm. is is it's a wonderful movie. Uh <laughs> Look, and
0: I'm looking forward to Young Guns Three, uh that yes, was yes, apparently whatever, announced.
8: Whatever, however that takes shape. Uh, yeah. you know, the blood sport, but one of the first ones, like one uh, around <laughs> Wait, wait,
0: wait. You, you just well, you just, uh, drop you can't that.
1: just you can't just drop a blood sport and then not linger for a little bit. Right. I mean,
8: blood sport is a brilliant movie. I mean I I, I love that movie growing up. It uh, it, it catapulted Jean blood, Claude's career. Oh my god John. <laughs> um, but one of the first movies I remember watching it and thinking like, oh, like movies can be something else or just like weird and crazy was time bandits.
2: Mm. Oh yeah. Mm.
1: Okay. I remember, Excellent. Like
8: sitting up late in like I might have been like a freshman in high school or something like that, and it was randomly on. You know, I think we had just gotten cable So maybe we had like IFC was out then or something like that. And just seeing Time Bandits and I'm like, okay, this is a time traveling movie about little people that isn't a joke, that is like mm-hmm. done really well and really seriously. And I think from that, it turned me on to a lot of, like me then seeking out more like independent film and just stuff that was a little bit weirder and not hugely popular. Because none of my friends knew Time Bandits. You yeah, know, growing up. yeah.
0: That wasn't a popular one, you know, when we no. were kids.
8: <laughs> no, no one knew about. I-, I remember I went out, uh, and John. The next day, I went to your favorite video store and I bought it.
0: Wait, wait, wait which store would that be? Suncoast. Suncoast? Yes, <laughs> <laughs>
8: well, that's funny.
0: Keeping it in the family. Oh yeah, Suncoast. I loved Time
1: Bandits as a kid. It was it was actually one. It's one of the movies that I remember most. Like rewatching as as a kind of a younger younger kid and you See, I
8: don't know if it, if it holds up or if it's it, like I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it lately but I, yeah, yeah I, I haven't watched. seen it I haven't
1: seen it probably in 30 years but it's it's uh I do I, I I did like it quite a bit back in the day
0: yeah I saw it about 15 years ago probably and I I remember liking it, but it's also one of those that now I can't still can't remember it that well, but I remember that that was the first time I saw it was like 2004 or five. And, uh, mm-hmm. I loved it then. I do want to watch it again for sure.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and what it's... about,
0: what about Joel? What about recently? Uh, is there anything, you know, as we, we, we're all kind of stuck, uh, isolated, uh, for most okay. of 2020, is there anything, a movie that, you rediscovered or something you did, like an older film you discovered for the first time?
8: Well, it's been a joke as we were, we just recently moved out of Austin and we're now in in Spokane, Washington. And as we would have people over to the house, even during Corona, we'd have like one person over and then we were just drinking all the booze in the house. And so if you stayed (laughs) past a certain time, we made you watch Attack the Block.
2: Oh, yeah. So, <laughs>
8: not a lot of people had seen Attack the Block, and it is so great. And it's just a fun, awesome movie. And my my favorite story about this is one of Rosie's uh my wife's uh, c- former co-workers. She was she was over and she stayed too late. This was before corona, though. And we're like, okay, you need to watch Attack the Block with us. So then Fast forward a year she's moved to New Orleans and is at trivia night and the trivia question is what John Boyega film has aliens before he was in Star Wars She's the only one who got it correct and won the night Oh with, uh, the the yeah? block trivia It's 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 one of Boyega's first
1: movies Oh yeah, yeah.
8: That's the, first time, that's the first time I knew of him.
2: But that was a breakout. I remember when that movie came out, there was so much talk about it. And I had, I, I think I saw it within a year of it coming out because there was just so much, because, you know, it was innovative and, and he was he was an amazing lead in that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's a great pick. That's a great, like, <laughs> that's a great movie. And
8: we, it was one of the films we had to get on DVD because we just couldn't find it streaming co- constantly. Like, it's only been on, like, crackle for a little bit and then it has like 16 ads in each every couple minutes or or or
0: quibi or one of those yeah or to what i don't know what all those are yeah yeah
8: so it's been a lot of uh just those films that you know we love to watch if we've been drinking too much the other one that's hugely underrated and y'all will laugh at me sisters really Really? With wow. uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Interesting. Oh, yeah, freaking love that movie. I think it's so well written. Is and that the
1: one where they throw Poehler. the house party and yes. everything
3: yes. goes Yes.
0: <laughs> With <laughs> uh, isn't is John Cena in that one?
8: Yes,
1: he is. Yeah,
0: right. That's that. That was really funny. That was. Uh,
8: oh my gosh! Like I just I just love that script because like I don't know. I always think a uh, a screenwriting teacher should do it as far as like. Everything that happens in the first act pays off in the third act.
0: Mm-hmm.
8: Like I think it's so apparent in that movie that it would be a <laughs> really great example.
0: Yeah, Tina Fey movies are fun. We haven't really seen her, much of her since uh, Sisters. I don't think, right? I don't think so. She was probably produced. She was doing, I think, Kimmy Schmidt, and that was oh, probably right. yeah, it yeah. for a while.
2: And she's got uh, she's got Mr. Mayor on the air right now. So oh uh, yeah, that's a Ted t- dancing uh, vehicle.
3: That's right. That's his new one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Correct. Tina and Robert Carlock's uh, newest show. Yeah. So yes, yeah, love her, love her. Yeah, that's the wow, great, great choices. Uh, yeah. Joel. That's what a lot of fun
0: in, I, in your house. <laughs> I love, I love the range of Joel's film selection. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. From from Bloodsport. Every-
8: <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Everything
6: assistants. plays. Everything
1: plays.
8: <laughs> you know, it, it's we we go with the, the 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 movies we love. I mean, I'm still again. Maybe four years from now, whenever y'all do the Josie and the Pussycats episode.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> well, Joel,
8: Brent, I think we saw that one too. In- I think so. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Oh
2: boy, that's that's
1: hmm. that's a, it's that's a, a brilliant good film.
8: Mm,
0: brilliant. Joel, yeah, I- I- it's so no good.
8: one will tell me differently. Like, so
2: I-,
0: I love how when Joel loves a movie, everybody knows it. You know, <laughs> and and. And there's a couple that yes that we're gonna cover at some point this year when we can all get our schedules together uh, that uh, we're gonna have you back on the show and and I'm very excited about that. It's been too long.
8: Me too. Me too.
0: <laughs> all um, right, Joel. Well, we'll uh, let you get back to the party and woo! enjoy your ale and I'm an ale. Uh, enjoy the Belgian ale. You know, it, it's a brilliant. It's a it's a Belgian triple. Holy. Oh. oh, there you go. Oh, well,
8: it's fancy and it's made by monks. So.
0: Okay, well, makes it even better.
8: Yeah, even better.
0: <laughs> Excellent. All right, All
8: right well, guys, celebrate on 100 episodes. Thank Thanks you, Joel. Joel. Yep, see you guys. We'll see, see you well. soon. Bye.
0: Wow, and the hits keep coming. Look at that.
2: Yeah, what a Ah, man, what, again, the more the variety of the films that keep coming out, I mean, boy, who knew uh, people could have such different tastes? <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's it's, uncanny. Like, it's,
2: like, it's like we're all individuals with our own prerogatives and and tastes.
1: You mean people don't think exactly like me? I don't. Why well, not?
2: They're this all is, wrong. No. This, I'm finally uh, this is this show is now a microcosm of of the world, I guess. I I never paid attention to the world like this. Yeah. This is <laughs> great.
0: <laughs> so where where do we leave off? We we're, we're conducting a whistle-stop tour as they say in Blaine uh yeah. through Kurt Russell's career, and but, uh, was it backdraft? Were talking, we were talking we about tombstone. tombstone. Tombstone, um, yes. Little known fact, unless you look at IMDb. But the uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell returned to the role of Elvis Presley in Forrest Gump, un- oh, unbeknownst right. to most. T- just just doing. Forrest it.
1: taught Elvis his hip swagger.
0: Oh boy, that's right. Oh no, Wait, Elvis taught. Four, oh no you're right Forrest Todd elvis yeah 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 that's right yeah that's right. that was uh but that was the voice of kurt so that's uh elvis performance number two i think or is that Maybe. three uh, hmm. two there's two no, of them as two, elvis so two, elvis and then the two voice. at this point yeah. yeah
2: yeah more to come
0: yeah but uh the same year as forrest gump of course is the epic stargate stargate which i loved i loved stargate when i i saw it i didn't see in the theater i saw it the the uh at home video in 95 and with my friend brian and uh i loved it it was like i I thought he was cool um i love a lot of the other actors in the film um and and the story's great i i think i think that movie's aged very well
1: yeah Yeah. this movie's fantastic and and uh i mean i also loved it i doubt that we here are not the only ones who loved it because it catapulted a franchise that yeah. spawned as many spinoffs as as you know almost star star trek you know so i mean mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a it's a really great movie really yeah fun. there's probably
2: 300 hours of
0: stargate <laughs> yeah no yeah, I
1: mean, here's sg it's S, S, G, is stargate sg1 is
0: that is that yeah, stargate was the, like, that I mean, was the first one yeah.
3: yeah
0: yeah yeah i only watched the pilot episode because i i wanted to see what the transition was from the movie because they they do pick up i think pretty much right where the movie leaves off and i believe almost every role if not every role is recast and and i I don't think any of the actors actually transition into the show and and if you can't get kurt you know kurt's a busy guy he's not at the time wasn't available to do tv you get macgyver
2: yeah you, you get macgyver <laughs> yeah but, uh, that's who you go I, to i saw that yeah i saw it in the theater uh also um, hair. and uh great hair great beret i oh, think you wore a beret yeah. uh
0: great tough military guy you know in, yeah he's uh, got he's got uh that that crew cut uh that blonde crew cut right In in stargate i think so right yeah, uh, it shows that Kurt can master any hairstyle if he puts <laughs> his his mind to it. You know, sure can, yeah, his
1: his hair range is phenomenal. <laughs>
0: um, after that, we've got Executive Decision, which we mentioned, and uh, I I may have mentioned this on the podcast earlier, but uh, I saw Executive Decision on an airplane. Um, Whoa! Not a great place to watch that movie (laughs) about hijacking and terrorism and Mm -hmm. yeah but uh, but Kurt's uh, you know gaze kept me focused and led me through that (laughs) journey and (laughs) uh, and it's yeah that was really intended to be a a co-production with Steven Seagal you know similar to like Tango and Cash where you've got two leads and some political situations behind the scenes change that and Seagal uh, exits the film uh, earlier than intended and then it's Kurt's show the rest of the way. It's like Kurt and John Leguizamo.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He wears a
0: tuxedo through most of it. So he does. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> he's really he's kind of like almost more like an American kind of James Bondish type than than a real I guess not so much James Bond but he he looks like a you know he's dressed like a James Bond.
2: He's he's well dressed. I think he's like an analyst or a bomb guy or something. Yeah. He's not he's not someone that would actually go into I think the character does not engage in you know action, gunfights, you know, stuff like that and so he's thrust into this this role to save the plane or whatever. Uh, and yeah, so it's him and like Johnny Legs uh, I think took over. <laughs> I mean- he wears those glasses really well, and oh, executive. His glasses. Oh. And that, That's how you he, wear glasses, and the, just the tuxedo without the tie on. Yeah, just <laughs> what a classy guy! He looks great.
0: Um, we also talked about uh, we talked about Escape from L.A. Um, I, you know, I'm not a fan of that one. I really wanted to love it, but yeah. like I mentioned, the, the biggest thing for me was was uh, getting familiar with Escape from New York because of L.A yeah so we we owe a a debt of gratitude to to that and that's uh that's really the final or as of today the final uh team up with carpenter um if that had been a bigger hit i wonder if they would have done more together and i i think kurt also just wanted to separate and do his own thing and not be completely tied to carpenter and carpenter probably wanted to work with i mean he He didn't go with Kurt for They Live intentionally. He wanted to take a break from Kurt and try someone new. And they just Mm -hmm. went different directions. But clearly, they're still friends. And they do a lot of the special features on the DVDs together. And you can see that they're really, uh, they love each other. They're buds. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of us. Um, A couple other, you know, really good performances in the late 90s, uh, as we kind of wrap that decade up. Uh, Breakdown is, I think, a very underrated film and a strong performance uh, from Kurt and and another team up with JT Walsh in that one. Have you guys seen Breakdown?
1: I did. I saw it in the theater. I don't remember really liking it all that much. Um, it kind of fell flat for me. But you know, I, I, it's also one that recently I've been wanting to go back and rewatch because I feel like I feel like I need to give it. I mean, you know, twenty four years later, need to give it another another <laughs> shot. But but uh you know it's kind of that's the that's the one with the the like the monster not monster the 18-wheeler it's kind of duel-esque right yes yep it's a kind of reminiscent of spielberg's duel so i i think i would like to go back and rewatch it but i don't remember really caring for caring for it too much originally
0: yeah you should it's uh I, i i think it's worth checking out again it's um you know, again, wasn't a huge hit when it came out, uh, and it wasn't the movie. I remember the trailers being very different from what how the movie turned out. So I think the trailers kind of were a little misleading. Yeah, but I, I think the film is uh, there's a tension in the film that I really liked, and I, I like the pace of it. So it's uh, it's a good a good performance for him. Uh, after that is when I, I feel like. For me, that's the last like really solid Kurt movie for a while. Um, the 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 two thousands get it's very hit and miss, and he's kind of all over the place. And I think at that point, he's trying to figure out like where his, uh, you know, where where his role is, and and as he's. Uh, you know, he's going into a different age bracket. Like he can't play the younger action stars all the time anymore. So where, where is he going to fit in? What kind of roles, roles can he do? So he's trying a really wide variety of things. Um, what about soldiers? Like the last, like pure action movie that he does where, mm-hmm. where he's the lead. Uh, wh- what do you guys think about soldier? It's, it's somewhat related to blade runner. It's like got a weird connection. Oh, I didn't realize it was con- yeah, had a connection. That. There's but... the apparently the vehicles in some of the vehicles in Soldier are the like flying cars from Blade Runner, like mm-hmm. the exact ones, mm-hmm. and they some kind of intentional connection there. I, otherwise, it's it's loose, but it, it does it's official. Huh. Uh, I'm convinced
2: I've seen it, but I don't i i some of the imagery looks so familiar to me, but I don't know if I've actually seen it. So.
1: I've seen it. I did not like it. It was not.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, he's, he's a robot, isn't he a ro like an android in the film uh, or something like that? And, something like that. Yeah. You like yeah. seeing Kurt, you know, with life and energy, and that's what's so great about him and and passion. And in that that role was just the opposite of that. It's very deadpan and one note. And I don't think that's you know that's not the Kurt I want to see. I love big time Kurt. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well and it's a you know it's a Paul W S Anderson movie. Yes. And, you know, like his, his movies also can be entertaining, like they're just kind of at a certain quality and level. And you know, like I just it's not exactly it's almost B movie-ish, you know, and this one kind of falls right in there in that same kind of kind of realm. So um, no no disrespect to Mr. Anderson. You know, I, mean, I mean it's just that's kind of his his bag
2: you know he, he cut his teeth on movies like say mortal combat uh mortal to Kombat. show to show what kind of what he can do with with some action and everything so it's no surprise you get something like soldier
3: yeah um, exactly
2: we should
0: probably cover mortal combat i think that'd be a oh ooh, a good one. that is a great idea that's hmm. uh
1: i mean the new one's right around the corner. So. Yeah jump on it quick great
0: great idea i think uh, we're gonna have to do that and Mm. yeah let's (laughs) let's talk about that one
1: all right let's offline we'll put a pin in it now
0: yeah (laughs) um what about uh another uh well technically an elvis performance Three thousand miles to graceland
2: i have not seen the the you know i'll be honest with you the 2000s I've seen very few of his films.
0: Well, and that's not surprising too, because it's all over the map. He's doing like, like kids films and dark films and uh, 3000 miles to Graceland is it's a, I remember being much more vulgar and violent than I expected it to be. And um, I wasn't a big fan of it. Uh, You know, again, Kurt's performance. Great. Um, Mm -hmm. But The movie just didn't come together. It's Kurt, it's Kevin Costner, it's Courtney Cox in, in what, 2000 or 2001. Oh, interesting. So I think Costner's at a weird point in his career and Kurt's kind of the same of, um, it's, you know, uh, just something in that film doesn't come together and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, not a huge fan. Brent, have you seen it? Uh, I have, but I didn't see it when it first came out. I saw it probably in
1: probably 10 years ago, you know, and, and uh, I was pretty indifferent, you know, like it didn't really stand out. It's just kind of sort of a, another generic heist like movie, you know? Um, Yeah. From, from that kind of, I feel like there were so many of them that came out right around uh, that time in the two thousands and whatnot, that it was, it was, you know, kind of just noise really
0: yeah 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 and there's a lot of there's there's films i i haven't even really heard of uh, on some of these but um vanilla sky he's got a small uh, a small role right right i mean i i i barely remember vanilla sky it's for some Same. reason that one like I, I missed that when it came out for some reason yeah, there's a lot. I mean, that's a big cast in that
2: movie, right? It's sort of an ensemble yeah. film. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I, bear, I don't, unfortunately, I don't even remember a minute, but I don't remember much of that film. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I only saw it like right after it was probably available on to rent. And well, it's, that was it's,
0: it. It. it's Cameron Crowe. It's right after Almost Famous. Um, but again, that's like, we talked about it uh, uh, during our Almost Famous show with Joel that, you know, that's kind of like uh, like quintessential Uh, Cameron Crowe, and I feel like after that, he was he's kind of lost his way. Vanilla Sky, I remember kind of being half and half about, and everything since was, and you know, probably Kurt's performance was a lot what held that movie together. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Dark Blue, how about that one? That's another like gritty LA cop film, um, that was okay it was an okay film but it's not uh it's not what it would have been in like the 80s for kurt uh yeah
2: I, I missed this one it's you're gonna i'm just gonna keep saying yeah didn't see it didn't see it i mean going through 2000s i don't think i've seen anything after vanilla sky my next one in the 2000s was guardians of the galaxy 2 <laughs> i haven't seen any wow, of anything. Missed, wow okay. I missed out on grindhouse and poseidon and sky high <laughs> I, I mean, this certainly hit, hit or miss. I never saw Dark Blue, but I really liked Miracle. I'm not gonna lie. I have a
1: I, I like Sky High a lot. Like it's it's fun. fun. It's you know it's kind of a cute little hero movie, which mm-hmm. I which I enjoyed. For me, Vanilla Sky was one of those movies that it was Cameron Crowe, and it came out right after Almost Famous, which as Joel and I were just saying, we probably watched Almost Famous a thousand times, and is one of it, my favorite movies, and then Vanilla Sky just felt like completely flat afterwards. It just was such a different movie than I was kind of, I guess, expecting from Cameron crow after after him doing uh, uh, Almost Famous. That I, yeah. it it was missed on me.
2: Yeah, I think that was the general reaction to Vanilla Sky. It was it was like it was kind of because it's kind of a weird movie, right? <laughs> like a little yeah, bit. Uh, yeah, it's uh, a little strange yeah oh is uh i think i think our last guest has arrived oh yeah um, yeah i think oh, so oh,
0: okay this is Oops. this is a treat here okay oh my god welcome back to the show Lindsay. Uh, thank you for joining us Lindsay, you, we haven't seen you since yes!
2: thank-
6: that's right here i am <laughs> yeah
0: you, you Lindsay nelson our director
2: of antiquities uh at Recon cinema studios uh you were yeah last on our clueless episode Deep Dive, had so much fun uh, with you on that, and it's so great you can come here and celebrate our 100th episode with us.
6: Well, thank, thank you, so- and congratulations, everybody.
2: We appreciate it, we're, and we're so uh, happy and proud that you were part of, part of those 100, and, and now this 100th. So we're here, we're just talking our love of all types of movies, but of course we are giving a little bit of a focus on Mr. Kurt Russell uh, for his 70th birthday um so i you know it's it's a big celebration of of all sorts of things tonight um so a big question for you do do you have a favorite kurt russell movie moment role uh you know i I don't think we've ever discussed this i'm curious
6: well i'm not uh as huge of a kurt russell fan as the rest of you recon cinemation folks um but i definitely love overboard Uh, I think he's great I think it's a brilliant update of Taming of the Shrew Um, so I appreciate it a lot on that level also and I think the chemistry between Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell is obviously undeniable or they wouldn't have such a long successful personal relationship uh, outside of their film relationship so that that would be my favorite
2: Yeah, like we've been saying on the show, like you can't, you can't like fake that chemistry. And uh, Overboard's been coming up a lot tonight, actually, with among our other guests. So that's, yeah, it's, I mean, this is a, that's a top tier uh, Kurt Russell movie for sure. And, you know, with him and Goldie together is,
0: it's, there's almost, it's gold. It's gold. It's
2: it's gold, baby. What else
0: can you say?
1: (laughs) That's right. Lindsay, you'd be surprised. You might be surprised to know that of all the, all the guests that have been on tonight, Overboard is uh, by by a landslide the 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 most favorite of of the Kurt Russell movies from our guests for yeah. sure.
6: Well, that's exciting to hear. <laughs> I think it's a it's definitely a crowd pleaser. I think as much as Kurt Russell is charming in his kind of rapscallion sort of way i think that overboard has something to offer pretty much every viewer and you don't have to have like a niche interest in order to appreciate it
0: absolutely did did you love the poster how how much did you love the poster we're we're talking about that a lot too sure (laughs) (laughs) she's in
2: agreement I, (laughs) i
6: uh i you know, I'm not um, as much of an aficionado of the Drew Struzan as John is, but uh, I'm just going to assume that it was a fun, well-illustrated, colorful, you know, lots of stuff going on kind of poster. It's
0: fu- it's fun, fun for sure is the word. It's it's <laughs> where they're falling off the uh, off the boat together with smiling, like I don't know. You know, we're in love. Look, yeah. this is just this <laughs> wacky relationship we have, right? Lost now. it,
1: lost at sea won't crush our love.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that I'm so glad that you chose that one, as a, you know. Uh, yeah, it, it is like it is a crowd pleaser. I think it, it's 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 got something for everybody. Uh, it, it, I think it hits all the quadrants. I think uh, yeah. kids and adults alike can enjoy it for for everything that it has. It's just. 'Cause it is the charm of those leads, just gives you gives you everything you need. Um, you know, we're also talking just in general, since we, we're this is you know, it's a movie podcast, uh, dudes talking movies. Um, and you know, our our timeline is between the 70s, 80s, and 90s for the most part. But of course, there's so many films out there and films you we've either grown up with or you know discovered and we were asking everybody and just kind of checking in and is there is there like a first film for you that made you kind of like appreciate the medium like uh, better or a favorite of like oh i'm or, or maybe even one that just always resonated with you and you've seen a lot of times and you know something that like gives you know like this is a movie for me or this is this is the, this is it for me something like that
6: Well, I guess as like a, I would be in elementary school at the time, I was very taken with Stand By Me and uh, La Bamba. Those were two big ones for me in those elementary school years. And then in um, my high school years, I started getting into more foreign films. I really loved Like Water for Chocolate. And um, Mm -hmm. I think it was Big Night might've been another one. I was really, there's Mm -hmm. some food themed ones that I thought were really fun. But yeah, I I tend to stick with, you know, a lot of the more British or foreign films or adaptations of classic novels. But then there's, you know, one film I just love so much is um, Heavenly Creatures. Um, And so that's that was Kate Winslet's first film. And so I'm a big fan of hers. And um, I don't think that's one that gets a lot of attention but it's really well done and quirky but also very macabre and uh so yeah you know, that was a favorite kind of like high school uh year one of me mine and then um the adventures of baron munchausen i love and all the monty python so that's uh yeah that's oh man sort of my cup of tea i guess
1: yeah awesome
0: she she's she's the intelligent one uh out of our <laughs> tag team so
1: no one no one questioned that john
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm talking about tango and cash and she's talking about (laughs) like water for chocolate and (laughs) heavenly
1: creatures is a great one like that's that's i think i think more people do talk about that than than like is really well known but like that one gets a lot of credit it's good it's very good kate winslet is fantastic
0: Mm-hmm. Lindsay, can we book you for the next time you come on the show can we talk about can we can we do a real deep dive into heavenly creatures
6: sure yeah i, I love talking about you know kids who enjoy a robust imaginative life and murder uh it's fun oh. too so <laughs> I'm, I'm all there for that
2: moida. Perfect. there's been a moida uh well then that's great yeah because it has been you know just having you for clueless uh it's been far too long uh to not have you back uh so yeah you have to come do the podcast uh very soon and there's no backing out so you're just gonna have to agree to it now there's a contract there's a contract (laughs) you are our director of antiquities, so you you're required to have some appearances so and you just
1: class up the joint let's be real yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) Let's, everybody I mean, knows that it. that, it's, it's that
1: clueless that clueless podcast is by far the classiest one that's been done
2: <laughs> oh hell yes <laughs>
1: oh, without so a doubt <laughs> uh
2: we're also talking you know in this COVID era you know being at home uh, more restricted these uh for such a long time you know and it, and it could be this p- period or it could be just in recent years but is there a movie that like maybe you you've rediscovered that maybe something you hadn't seen in a long time or now, or there's, or that you've seen and you suddenly see it differently. Um, Like a film that maybe has changed for you or, or just really just kind of uh, gives you, or it's just something that you love going back to.
6: Well, I guess um, I've been trying to watch some of the more off the beaten, you know, track films that I enjoyed with my kids um, Mm -hmm. since they, they get a lot of the, Kurt Russell and, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, with John. And so I'm trying to take a different tack with them. So we have enjoyed um, a film we watched recently was Matinee, which is a super kind of quirky, weird movie, but I just appreciated it for its, you know, doomsday sensibility, but taking a very comedic um, approach to that and kind of reminding us that we, this isn't the first time it's felt like the world is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a fun one, and I I revisited Swing Kids with my children, and that will always be a favorite of mine um, for both the story and the music um, and the dancing. Oh. Um, yeah, those are a couple that come to mind.
2: Oh, those are great choices. Uh, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah i feel like i need to be coming to your movie nights to so i can just become maybe a little more little more smarter
3: (laughs) what what do you mean
0: are you saying avenging force wasn't uh you didn't feel educated after that it
2: i mean it (laughs) wasn't as intellectually stimulating as i think any movie that Lindsay's mentioned tonight but uh i feel like you know that mental stimulation is is key and yeah you know we I think I I I'm glad there's a healthy balance of uh, of, of movies going on uh, in that home. <laughs> that sounds great.
0: Well, thank you for stopping by. We know you're you're very very busy. You have a, a full plate all the time. So uh, yeah. we we you know I appreciate uh, you being the the fact checker also on on a lot of our subjects about you know a, a good. What should, what angle should we be looking at some of these from? Not all of these movies, as much as we love them, they don't necessarily hold up from a lot of perspectives, from the feminine perspective, from the racial perspective, so uh, thank you for contributing to help remind us of that, that you know, Big Trouble in Little China, as much as we talked about loving it so much, Brent, you mentioned earlier, too, that there's, there's people that don't like it, and with good That's reason, true. that there is a, a racial element to the film that is problematic. And, um, you know, the important thing is that people understand that now. And, and But Lindsay helps remind me that that is uh, also what we should be discussing here as well. So thank you for doing that.
6: Yeah, yeah
0: thank my you. My pleasure. You set us straight. <laughs> <laughs>
6: you guys in line.
0: Absolutely.
2: Uh, it's so appreciated and well, yeah, again, thank you for s- coming by celebrating with us. If you want, you can, you don't have to, but you can maybe wish Kurt a happy birthday on your way out uh, with the, uh, with us yeah, here.
6: Absolutely. I would never withhold, you know, felicitations on somebody's birthday. So happy birthday, Kurt Russell. Uh, <laughs> I hope you have a good one with the family. Hope you guys have you know some good stuff to eat, and
0: they will. Yeah, they will. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have thank a nice, so have, have a great time getting your hair done, Kurt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, thank you, Lindsay. We'll see you uh, Thanks, on, on Heavenly Creatures.
6: Sounds good. Talk to you later.
0: Bye. Uh, oh my God, the guests uh, uh, on this episode—it's this is oh, an no. all-star cast, all stars. This oh. has been awesome
2: so glad to have uh, had lindsay on uh miss her so much and yeah i just feel dumber now that she's well i felt dumber when she was in the room now i feel smarter just cuz she's left the room
0: that's <laughs> that's the story of my life right? you know that's that's how it goes here yeah. oh my god wait i got uh, an extra an extra mystery guest here ooh Okay, it's my personal assistant who uh, works with me on all subjects. Uh, Max, come say hello. I'm going to give you uh, so so make sure you can hear this. Hello. Hey, Max, how are you?
9: I'm good.
1: Hi, Max. Good to see you. You 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 excited to be on the podcast?
0: So Max, we're talking about Kurt Russell here. You remember Kurt Russell is is our all time favorite uh, personality here, and and is important to our show. Do you? Is there any Kurt Russell movies that you remember that that you liked? Did you see Big Trouble in Little China and Overboard? You've seen and
9: mm-hmm. do you have a
0: favorite? We watched Tombstone.
9: I don't really know. Probably yeah. Tombstone.
0: Probably Tombstone. Yeah, where mm-hmm. he's wider.
9: Mm-hmm. Good
2: taste, Max. It's good taste.
0: Yeah, if if you tell your friends that
2: your favorite movie is Tombstone, they're gonna to be blown away by that one. <laughs> yeah.
9: It's not my favorite movie. It's just ah. my Kurt, favorite Kurt Russell movie. What's, so what's fair your, distinction?
0: Yeah. What's your What's your favorite movie? That uh, What's a movie that you love like super amount?
9: hundred percent Jurassic World.
0: Jurassic World. Ooh. Ooh, Jurassic. There you go. You well, um, see, that's we get the modern perspective here.
1: That's cool. Have you seen? So there's a there's a new animated show on Netflix called Camp Cretaceous. Have yes, you seen that? Yes, I've seen
9: it.
0: Do you like that?
9: Yeah, I I like it too.
0: Would it be better if Kurt Russell were in Camp Cretaceous?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Dad, yes. really? You
0: know, I have trivia for you. That <laughs> okay. Kurt Russell was uh was up for the role of Dr. Alan Grant in Jurassic Park.
9: I think I've heard that on YouTube before.
0: Yeah. What do you think? Do You think the movie would have been better or worse with Kurt as Doctor Probably Grant? the same. Probably the same. Yeah.
9: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Sam Neill is basically Kurt Russell, as uh, a you know, I, I could see that.
1: It's a very diplomatic response, Max. Well done.
0: <laughs> well done. Um, what was it? So you know, we were talking about uh, movies we really fell in love with over the last year while we've been at home so much. Is there a movie that um, you watched? Over this last year, since we've been home, that that really stood out for you.
9: Mm, I don't think. I don't really know.
0: What about? Was there a show? Maybe.
9: Camp Cretaceous. Camp Cretaceous. That's Definitely. the big one.
0: Yeah, that's doing it for you. That's good stuff, right there. Mm-hmm.
9: Yeah.
1: Good.
2: Yeah. It it seems a little scary for me.
1: It's my I, my my son Clark is a big fan of Camp Cretaceous. He's just watched season two every episode back to back like in one sitting like three days in a row he's been oh my gosh on repeat he's a big fan
9: once first when season one first came out i watched it three times in a row in one day
0: wow oh my gosh yeah and that's that's in his office too so he's supposed (laughs) to be doing work for me and i don't have an
9: office
1: (laughs) and i
0: catch him just watching Camp Cretaceous over and over, and eventually I just have to let it go. Right.
1: What's your What's your favorite dinosaur, Max?
9: I think probably dinosaurs because they're cute. Dry-
1: dryosaurs?
9: hmm
1: Yeah. Cool. And what uh, do they What do they look like? Remind me.
9: They're kind of like. Uh, they're like turkeys without feathers. Oh, okay.
3: Absolutely. A little yeah. bit.
1: Oh yeah, kind of, kind of goofy and small and cute looking, huh?
9: Mm-hmm. Are
3: nice. they
1: her-
2: Are they herbivores?
9: Yes, they're herbivores.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. Well, then I would like to meet one.
9: Yeah, me too.
2: I, I wish I could meet one.
0: He has a He has one as a pet down in uh, on on stage one. He's got uh, it locked up there. He yeah. lets yeah. it run around the stage. So
2: yeah. Well, the cloning lab is in full effect here on the uh, at the studio. So
9: if you ever want to see a dry sword. Look up pictures of it.
0: Okay,
2: good that's idea. That's
3: good. That's
9: a good. The reason I that's like good. it so much is the the game the Isle.
0: The Isle. Yeah, oh, no, the game. game Ooh, too. Okay.
1: I don't know that game. I'll have to check that out. Hmm.
2: Lots of dinosaur lifestyle gameplay. I think. Right.
9: Yep. Okay.
2: That's a fun game.
0: Uh, well, wow, cool, buddy! Thanks for uh, thanks for coming by on the show and and good to hear your voice and and get your perspective on things. Mm-hmm. Really great. Is
2: there is there anything you'd like to say to Kurt Russell or or the viewers at home listening to this podcast about movies, about dinosaurs, about anything?
9: Well maybe the fact spoiler alert.
2: Oh, I love <laughs> yeah. spoilers.
9: If you haven't Listeners. watched camp okay. If you haven't watched Camp Cretaceous yet, you should. Or Walking Dinosaurs, I just there's a part in Camp Cretaceous where it's like, if I was Darius, I'd be scared right now. Because if I saw Walking Dinosaurs, because episode two of Walking Dinosaurs, there was a Stegosaurus that absolutely like whacked the guts out of um, a baby oh. Diplodocus.
2: Oh, no. Oh, wow. So,
9: and there's like a part where Darius is trying to get a stegosaurus to push a log from the river to make the river flowing again. Right. So, yeah, I'd be absolutely terrified if I was him.
1: And he was he was just not scared enough, right? He was not being
2: safe? Yeah. yeah. Was, do you feel like he was brave in the face of all that? terror was he being brave
9: yeah
2: because he he had to do what he had to do right yeah well that's that's great that's bravery right there sure is yeah uh well that's cool I got feel I have to check check out that show is I again I'm a it seemed a little scary for me but if you guys are you guys are giving glowing reviews of it so i'm I'm in if you can watch it over and over again I like to be entertained yeah Maybe we can do a Camp Cretaceous podcast.
0: I think we can do an episode by episode deep dive on Camp Cretaceous. That'll <laughs> and Max will, Max will co-host that that podcast. So we'll yeah. uh, <laughs> you're in yeah, charge you're down of that for one. that, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, well, cool. Well, thanks, buddy, for coming by. It was great having you.
9: Yeah. Bye. You want to
0: say happy birthday to Kurt Russell at all?
9: Yeah. Happy birthday. Okay.
0: Great.
2: <laughs> Bye. Great to see you, Max. See ya. Thanks,
0: Max. Take care. What a joy. What a joy. My gosh. I don't even I can't even imagine who else could possibly stop by. There's been so many guests.
1: Unbelievable the level <laughs> of talent coming in to,
0: to do these guest spots.
1: This has Absolutely. been amazing.
3: <laughs>
0: oh my God. Well, you know, let's let's uh before we wrap things up, let's just kind of walk through the the latter part of, of Kurt's career. And we were talking about uh, we talked about dark blue, but you know, there's a uh, miracle is one of the the real strong films. Again, that that's I think I think that's his last technically his last Disney film.
1: Yeah, album. that's the first. Is that the first time he went back to Disney? That I mean, it, yes, it was it's kinda, Fox and the Hound. Yeah, yeah. So he it it had been a while, and and I think you're right. That's the that's the last one since. But I I really enjoy that movie. I, I saw it again recently, a couple of years ago, and and uh, you know, I mean. It's
3: great.
2: He's the Alaskan hockey coach. Is that right? Is that Uh, what that is?
1: He is a hockey coach. I don't know if he's in Alaska, but he's the U.S.
0: hockey coach for the for the the the, eighty-eight Olympics. Oh, right. Yeah, Yeah, the Olympics. Yeah, the Miracle on Ice, and and he's it's it's really uh, a strong strong performance from him. That's that's another movie that's like his movie, and he's got you know he's the coach. He's got great speeches and Yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. You know, just everything, everything great is, is yeah. working with Kurt though. Who wouldn't
1: want to be coached by Kurt? Come on.
0: <laughs> but, uh, but then it kind of, you know, again, he does Poseidon next and, and uh, I think that's a horrid, horrid movie. <laughs> and it was, he's basically the Ernest Borgnine role. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's not good. Uh, you can see that Kurt is doing the, the best with what he's got and it's, it's not uh not happening there.
2: It's it's tough to redo a classic like Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Well, Is and he's got a. He's... Was, <laughs> that the, was that the remake?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the uh, he's sharing the screen with Richard Dreyfuss, and you all know how I feel about Mister Dreyfuss, and uh, it's it's just there's a lot wrong with that movie, and and I feel bad that per was, Kurt was a part of it.
2: Sorry. Uh, yeah. Well.
1: Do I know how you feel about Richard Dreyfuss?
0: Not a fan.
2: Clearly, it's not a good thing.
0: You don't. You don't like Richard Dreyfuss. Okay. <laughs> um. He does, but you know that's when he he connects with uh, Tarantino next, and uh he does Grindhouse and Death Rufus, Stuntman Stuntman no. Mike, and we we've talked a bit about those films, and you know I don't know if those are the more popular uh, Tarantino ones. It seems to be like only the the real hardcore tarantino fans love those movies um Mm -hmm. you know that was when tarantino was sort of taking a much more violent uh angle to his his films and which would continue through hateful eight and even inglorious bastards but uh i think i don't know those are those are to me those are in the bottom towards the bottom of the tarantino films but great role for kurt and playing a villain i mean when was the last time, I, after all these movies, when was the last villain role that he had?
2: Snake Plissken, really?
0: Well, I mean... He's a villain. Snakes, He's
2: just a bad dude. He's yeah, a, he's but, like the anti-hero. He's an yeah. anti-hero. Yeah, he's not a villain. He's not a right. villain. There's no hero for him to be a villain against.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, God, I don't... I don't think
2: he's that, really ever played a villain.
0: Well, the deadly, the deadly tower, uh, he would have been mm-hmm. one, but that's way in the early part mm-hmm. of his career, so...
2: Well, is, he a, is he a bad dude in dark blue is he
0: I think you know I, I barely remember I think he's he's definitely a cop with an edge for sure
2: yeah um oh and we skipped sky high which he did you know, oh, after miracle so you know yeah for, one for the kids
0: you know? yeah couple yeah Still fun still fun sky uh, high is fun. then he's got you know but then later on it's you know 2015 so he he really doesn't have too many roles between 2007 and 2015 but he he sure comes back there with appearing in the fast and the furious franchise he's in furious seven he's in fate of the furious so i don't know what number that is is that eight that's eight that's eight, eight seven and eight um he continues his relationship with Tarantino he's in the hateful 8 and he's this is his big beard and mustache phase where <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. He he's like tomahawk that. which uh EK spoke about I, I highly recommend that movie it's it is a low budget film but it's it's really strong and he's great in it and especially yeah, he, if you like kurt in a western must yeah, see. it's it, yeah if you it, it's a must see for sure you said it uh, and then recently, you know, Kurt gets involved, you know, not just one franchise with The Fast and the Furious, but he's a Marvel guy. He's in, he's Guardians of the Galaxy too. That's right. right. Yeah. Reunited franchise with Stallone. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, yeah right. it's a Tango and Cash reunion. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. It is <laughs> a um, Tango and Cash reunion.
2: And then those Christmas Chronicle movies. Uh,
0: yeah, so right? Kurt's... He's done it cr- all he's done it all his career has come you know full circle and you know to this day i mean look at it he's the, the number one movie on netflix he's in once upon a time in hollywood which was a huge movie of 2019 he's in the marvel franchise he's in fast and the furious franchise i mean he's he's just everywhere he's done so much in his career uh he's you know just some some quick stats he's five John Carpenter movies, four Tarantino movies, five movies with Goldie Hawn because they reunited in Christmas Chronicles. And uh, hes we talked about his hair, the best hair, mm-hmm. hands down, in mm-hmm. Hollywood, in Hollywood history. Hollywood, yeah, yes, probably. Um, and it's true. interesting, some of the movies he turned down and didn't get. Uh, you know, he auditioned for Han Solo for, hey. for the first Star Wars film and that would have been he would have been a great Han Solo.
2: Agreed. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's written for Kurt Russell, <laughs> I think. Well, yeah.
0: Well, I, I don't know. I, think... I, I don't know. I mean, look, obviously, not taking anything away from Harrison Ford because that role is, is his, but yeah. Kurt would have been really fantastic in that role, too. And, and yeah. I, I think he would have been just as popular.
2: Yeah, if, I mean, at that time, a dash, uh, him being a dashing rogue. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that that would have been perfect for him in '77.
1: I mean, but without Star Wars, would we have Harrison Ford?
2: No. Yeah. Well,
0: I guess you're not right. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have really been in play for Raiders if if he didn't do Star Wars. Yeah, so I think
2: that's it's true. perfect just the way it is because I like having had both of them. Uh, yes, I agree. We, well, we let's need stop Harrison talking Ford about. Now let's stop talking about harrison ford
0: okay. <laughs> we're talking about, her. All right, all right, for we'll talk about harrison on his birthday
2: so. yeah we'll do that we'll do the harrison happy happy harrison birthdays
0: um he turned down <laughs> highlander believe it or not as Connor mcleod what that now that movie turned it down yeah might have turn. made that movie a lot better Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely uh he turned down uh dr grant although that may have been um there may have been a little more to it that he didn't just turn it down. I think his he was out of the price range they wanted. They needed some money for the uh, more money for the effects there. I think so. Wow. Uh, he turned down Bull Durham. He turned down Flash Gordon. Ooh, yeah. Wow, which that oh, would have been amazing. With him. He would have been
1: an awesome Flash Gordon.
0: Yeah. There's and a, he, as
2: a child. Uh, there's a small part of me that thought. Uh, big trouble and little china and Flash Gordon were in like the same universe or something. I, I could see that, I could buy that. I was very confused <laughs> yeah. for like a couple of years there. Uh,
0: he, he also turned down the role of John McClane in Die what? Hard,
3: Whoa. huh? Which <laughs>
2: that's crazy. Yeah, so he, these were roles that he was like specifically offered. Yes. We're talking about all these. Wow. Yeah. So he's, he's so he has shaped his career exactly the way he wanted, you know. Uh,
0: yeah, and I think you can tell in the, the later part too that you know he's really doing the movies. He doesn't have to do anything. He he's no. doing the movies he wants to do, and and especially the the last couple of years, uh, you know, has been able to have more of an impact again at the the later stage of his career.
2: Yeah, he got to he got to craft the career he wanted the projects he liked and uh you know I, I it's such a solid body of work you know coming at, at being a child star or you know a child actor and then you know transitioning into real drama and, and action and uh and even romantic comedy and just comedy <laughs> uh and then just having fun sort of as a He could be retired. Like you said, he could do, he doesn't have to do anything, but he's having fun making movies with his family. I mean,
0: yeah, that's pretty cool.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And he's, and he
0: can enjoy, you know, the, the, the whole, you know, cult love of John Carpenter films that's come back in the last 10 years that he can just ride that wave, you know, because people have rediscovered and are still rediscovering escape from New York, the thing, big trouble, uh, th- and they're loving it. And he can just enjoy that. And again, it's a bummer that they didn't accept them when they came out, but they're accepting them now. And, uh, oh. you know, a lot of love for those, uh, but the most important thing, he has the love of the people and the love of the reconsinimation nation.
2: Mm-hmm. What's up, Reconimation Nation? <laughs> 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 Shout out! <laughs> uh,
3: uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah. He'll,
2: he'll be, uh, he will be he will. I'm I'm ordering another statue to be made, but this one's going to be twice as big, um, in full gold. So, hopefully, that'll be ready in the next uh, six to eight months.
0: Yeah, we're getting new banners made up all over the studio lot. Uh, We've had a certain set of films up, and now we're going to rotate those and and you know freshen them up. And we always we're going to keep celebrating Kurt, even if we don't mention him every episode anymore. Uh, He's always in our hearts and our minds. So we wanted to uh, say a very special happy seventieth birthday. Even though you don't seem seventy, you know his spirit is that of a of a spry. 25 year old maybe i'd say yeah
3: there you go yeah exactly
2: you're as old as you you feel and and you're as old as other people interpret your joy he's actually
0: younger than his son wyatt who is (laughs) now making a name for himself wyatt who has the face of a young kurt russell and the hair of goldie hawn it's absolutely it's the perfect molding of of their you know their physical essences it yeah. is
1: i'm i'm a fan i'm a fan of their son too so yeah the russell fan.
0: and look guys uh, you know we're not just celebrating kurt we we have had a great uh 99 episodes prior to this one chalk it up we've done 100 now and i'm i'm not going anywhere you guys aren't going anywhere we have mm so many more movies to cover i'm looking forward to this year and every year beyond and and it's we're gonna have a lot of fun absolutely uh
2: this this has been great this i'm so glad we got to do this today and have all of our our friends and loved ones together to celebrate our achievement are we gonna rank kurt russell in the kurt russell meter
1: Can't, i mean
0: it, it kind of make it kind of explodes the whole meter doesn't it it just it's... i mean
1: it's a 13 right isn't 13 as high as we can go on that thing it's gonna. yeah yeah
0: scale. yeah it's you know it's like the thermometer that it just like bursts right out of it you know yeah. But yeah. it's uh i don't think it can be done but all right fair <laughs> enough <laughs> yeah i mean for me you know well let's just before we go here guys uh we're talking about what the movies that made us kind of fall in love with, uh, with film for me, I sort of had three that really sparked my interest. The first movie was blade runner that I saw when I was five. And that was the first time that, you know, opened my eyes that, Oh my God, like movies can be about more than star Wars and more than the Disney stuff. And
2: as a five-year-old, you were thinking that,
0: well yeah, I was I was disturbed by it. I mean, I that was it was a ne- at the time it was a negative feeling because that movie basically scared me. That right, yeah, you know, yeah. it was the first time I had seen something other than lighthearted fare. Uh but then of course it was The Godfather about when I was about 10 that that uh I knew this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to get in, in, involved with film and make something that maybe could be as powerful as that movie that just connects with people. And then I would probably say Pulp Fiction that really in, in high school drove, uh, it was such a, such a huge impact and, and had more of a stylistic thing and really pushed me to more specifically what I wanted to do. So those are kind of the three movies along my life that that influenced me. But what about you guys?
2: Just for me really quick, you know, like I'm not as uh, as as uh, an aficionado, but um, it, it and really kind of opening my eyes because I, I would I would have always loved the 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 big actiony explosion, you know, things and probably into my teen years. But then it was it was it was Rushmore, I think was probably the one where I was like, oh, I can actually appreciate a A good story here uh in a different way and and it's a 90 minute film and it actually to me it always felt like a two and a half hour movie it felt like a long movie at the time but it's because I was just sort of taking in everything I think and it was so Rushmore was probably like the first time I like started to care a a little bit more about the the medium um as more than just a thrill yeah so that's what I would point to for me
1: yeah for me I you know it's It's really impossible to kind of put a list together of all the movies that kind of influenced my desire to to want to do this and kind of perpetuate my love for the the craft. But, um, you know, I mean, it's so many movies from the 80s and just my childhood growing up. But one movie that certainly planted the seed early on was um, E.T., and, you know, I mean, I have an E.T. tattoo and it's it's really like kind of it just symbolizes the movies from that era. But I remember uh, at a very young age when E.T. was four walling and just kind of rolling out to all the different theaters before it went large. I went and saw it. I was I can't even remember how old it was in the theater, though, uh, a small theater um, in Hamilton, Texas, uh, which is, you know, in the middle of nowhere, Texas. And um you know it was the first when I look back at like my life and getting wanting to get into the industry and wanting to work in entertainment in any way like that's the first movie that really made me aware that storytelling can be such a moving and monumental thing in your life and so um, that's kind of the first time, I remember starting to have the fantasy of, you know, moving out of Texas and to California and trying to do something, uh, in story time. And so, um, you know, but that, that just kind of, that opened the window, but then there were so many movies, so many great movies that I remember, I feel really fortunate to have grown up in the time that I did being a fan of film and a fan of like just um, big effects movies and things like that. Cause it was just, there were so many uh, in the eighties that were, you know, like, I mean, I know we're in it, right? Like we talk about movies all the time and it's kind of our thing. And, but they're just monumental in like molding, my life and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's, uh, I feel really fortunate to, to have been able to experience that firsthand and not, and not have missed it, um, you know, cause it's, it's different to introduce your kids to Goonies now and for it to hold up. But like when I saw Goonies in the theater as a kid, I mean, it was like mind blowing. You know, and yeah. it, 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 like you, you could relate. And nowadays with technology and what's at everybody's fingertips, uh, you know, like w- the tools that they have to kind of reach out and be entertained by things in small bursts. It's just like, you know, you miss out on that a lot. And, and uh, you know, I'm glad that I was born when I was and I was able to experience that because, you know I think that entertainment now has evolved and it's different. Um, and, and there's so much the...
0: more you know yeah. like you're saying there's there's so much more product out there that it, it's different and tv has become has become movies and and yeah. you know, tv was so different when we were growing up that it was such a different medium uh, you yeah. know the sitcoms were comedies were sitcoms and then you had your one-hour dramas which were nothing like the scale of a movie and now it's all so similar and HBO is all uh, feature quality shows, and yeah, and there's so many movies out there. There's so many studios and networks, and you know Netflix doing features and Amazon. It's it's uh, it's changed. So I, I agree with you that yeah, it was growing up when we did. It was great to experience it that way.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Wow.
2: Shoot, uh, Brent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Happy birthday, Kirk. Thank you for everything, man. <laughs> oh yeah, well, you know, and thank you to uh, everyone who was able to join us today. The party's going on here at the studio all night. We're gonna, It's going to get wild and crazy here, of course, from six feet away from each other. But uh, that Absolutely. doesn't mean we can't have a good time. Absolutely.
2: We'll, we'll all get together and have a, a, a wonderful champagne toast uh, Absolutely. To when the night is going to conclude. So uh, that'll be hours and hours from now.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, thank you to, to John Kazemple and Joe Seta and E.K. Wimmer and Joel Sweeney and Lindsay Nelson and, and our, our new pal Max for coming by. That's right. Uh, it was great to have everybody looking forward to when each of them comes on. And I'm looking forward to the next episode that we cover here with with just our group as well. So, uh, you know, guys, stay tuned. Don't forget to check out our social media. We're at Podcast on twitter instagram and facebook you can always find our archives at Uh check us out on apple uh, Podcasts. give us a rating and a review anywhere you listen to to podcasts that'll help us out a lot check out our friends like laser graves uh, great show there thank you to curtis moore for the poster as usual a uh, very special one this episode and we will see you guys next time on episode 101. <laughs> That's
2: awesome. <laughs> Bye. Now. Take care. <laughs> Take <laughs> care.
3: <laughs> <laughs>